the summer of rock. 101 KMFO, Portland. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Good morning to you. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of July in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. I think I speak for everybody when I say, does it smell like something's burning in here? Yes. You may be reading about us later. It just, really does. In case you should see a picture of me covered in flame running out of the building, Richard Pryor style, just know that I know that I told you about it now. I'm on the record as saying it smells like something is ablaze somewhere in the studio, and I don't mean in the... Uh, I don't mean the exciting uh, Cheech and Chong uh, way. I uh, sounds like an electrical fire is happening somewhere in here. <laughs> and here's the disconcerting thing: is it doesn't. I don't think it, it smells this way anywhere else in the building. I think if you got in the hallway, the smell gradually dissipates the further you get away from us. So whatever it is that's uh, that's about to asphyxiate all of us, that's uh, that's just in this room. The rest of the building will be safe. All right. That is reassuring. Well, in any event, it is uh, Monday morning, July 6th, 2009. Thank you for coming along. We are here in beautiful downtown Portland, uh, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into whimsy and fire. Uh, it's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. If you would like to uh, join us today, you can also email. It's uh, rick at rickemerson.com, rick at RickEverson.com, Sarah with an H at KUFO.com, Tim at KUFO.com, uh, or you can reach our production assistant extraordinaire, Greg Nibbler. It's uh, N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com. You can also uh, text if you like. It's 52051. Coming up uh, today, we'll talk to senior radio correspondent Amanda Moyer about uh, Steve McNair, who went from being uh, a guy who just uh, played football to a guy who now is dead and what they... Uh, this is a phrase you don't want to see written about you in a, in a news story when it says they're stopping just short of calling it a murder-suicide. So uh, we'll find out the uh, the latest. We'll also talk to Jim Roop, who's, I don't know, probably hating his life a lot more than he was last week, but not quite as much as he's going to be hating his life tomorrow. That's when that Michael Jackson thing is happening at the Staples Center. The Staples Center, by the way, which only holds uh, what, like 30,000 people? Maybe? I'm uh, not sure. And then there's the Nokia Theater, which is near uh, 20, there. 20,000 people. Yeah, so that's, was it the Staples Center or the Nokia That's the Staples Center. Only 20,000? I yeah. thought it was way more than that. That's what it says. Uh, in any of it. Do you see how many ticket requests they had for that thing? Mm-hmm. million and a half. Yeah. Wow. Good times. Well, it's good that California's flush with money so they can afford all the cops that they're going to need to uh, stop a full-scale riot from happening place, uh, happening outside when nobody can get into the place. All right. Uh, so all of that is on the way. We'll do a uh, double geek watch coming up uh, today. Do we have a snuff watch? Is it a celebrity die over the weekend? I mean, other than the McNair guy? There was that. I think there was another one, but I'll double check. There were so many, I can't keep track of them. Seriously, you know, every time we leave the studio now, it's like we inadvertently uh, kill somebody in the in the show business industry. So, uh, and of course, we caused the Sarah Palin thing by, leave, by leaving on, on Thursday. By not being here on Friday, 
We ensured that there would be a news story that we were not around to cover. So thank you, Sarah Palin. I've been so out of the loop. I don't even know what Sarah Palin thing you're talking about. Really? Yeah. What's up with your voice, Margot Kidder? I know. Seriously, I didn't speak at all yesterday because I was trying to get it back. It's bit, it sounds better than it did yesterday. When did it, when did it go away? I lost it on Saturday. Is this like a, are you infected with something? I don't think so. I, all I've had really had is allergies. I've just been sneezing a lot. Oh, now Tim. Tim's sneezing. <laughs> That's all I needed. Hold on. Sarah's voice is gone. Tim is sneezing, and I'm smelling a fire everywhere I go. All right. It's going to be the best day ever. Oh, and the printer won't work. I just fixed it. Really? Now, is it printing? If if I hit print on like a thousand different things, and then the printer was jammed while I was doing that, and I didn't know it, when the printer is fixed, will all the things that I went to print now get spit out of there? No, because I have to go reprint everything. Ago, yes. Okay, so I have to go reprint everything that I thought I printed out before. Yes. Let me add. And be patient because that one is slow. Well, let's do a quick rundown, Tim. Do you have this thing about the woman seducing a teenage boy she met at a furry party? No. Do you have the thing about the guys in Southeast Portland who shot another dude over ten dollars worth of weed? I have a shooting in Southeast, but I'm not sure if it's the same one. (laughs) Well, probably many to choose from. Do you have this thing about the kid from Harry Potter having swine flu? Yes. Okay. All right. So they're one for three. Uh, it's uh, 503-228-4101 if you would uh, uh, like to join us. So that's all uh, coming up today. Let's see what else. We have ha- uh, tickets to Harry Potter, by the way, speaking of Harry Potter. We have awesome. a pair of tickets to the KUFO premiere of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, that is coming up Monday, July 13th. That is a week from today. Uh, we'll be giving uh, uh, those tickets away. We have, uh, let's see, a uh, KUFO Summer of Rock 3-pack. That is tickets to Crew Fest 2, tickets to Stain Shine down in Chevelle, and tickets to the Pedal to the Metal Tour. Uh, that's uh, uh, going to be given away today, and uh, lots of other uh, things of that nature and so forth. Okay. Well, before we do anything else, let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning. It's 5.05. It's going to cool off a little bit today. Highs only in the 70s. Cops are on the lookout for a heavy set man who attacked a Max Fair inspector at the Beaverton Central Max station. The guy was told to get off the train for not having a ticket at 545 yesterday afternoon. He did get off, but smacked the inspector on the platform on the way out. That inspector is recovering from non-life-threatening injuries. An Oregon City man was killed over the weekend by a 1,200-pound bull, Agolino Martinez Sierra. While he was missing for a while, his family went looking for him. They found him dead next to the bull. The bull continued to snarl at the cops, who quickly shot it to death. Then a butcher was brought in to salvage the tastiest parts of the dead beast. What are we talking about? Where did this happen? Uh, Oregon City. There was a bull? A bull. Just wandering around? And a bull on a farm. On, oh, but okay. As bulls would be. But it wasn't, it wasn't like downtown or anything? No. Okay, all right. This person was a farmhand. Wait a minute, he was a farmhand? Okay, so, this was, so it wasn't like... This wasn't like one of those things where the, where the animal gets loose and they find it wandering by the side of the road or it's into like a cheese store or something. No. All right. This bull was on the farm where he belonged. All right. And uh, the bull was shot to death, and then the butcher came in to salvage the tastiest parts for somebody to eat. Only one shooting at Southeast over the 4th of July. It happened in the 3800 block of 122nd and Paulus, one might expect. <laughs> the victim was found in a car, the condition unknown. Then I guess they, they had uh, an influx of people coming to see the fireworks at the uh, Blues Festival on the 4th of July. And they had to shut it down, however they did that, because there wasn't one more space on the grass for anybody to sit. How was it that you shut that down? I don't know, but the cops did it, and there were no problems. So there was no, because we had all those people pouring in from Vancouver. You yes. know, they did, by the way, so I was in over the weekend, 
Uh, so did you? You didn't go camping though, did you, Sarah? I didn't end up going camping because no. you, if your voice was, if you were feeling all bad, you probably had to stick close to home. What'd you do for the Fourth of July? I uh, went to a friend's barbecue. All right, with lots of small children. So another, well, <laughs> the barbecue part was fun. They have a they had a kiddie pool in their backyard, so all we did was eat a bunch of food and drink beer. And well, it is. The pool. It is for children that we defend freedom, Absolutely. Uh, Sarah. So I was in the I was in Seattle, and you know we had there was so much talk this year about how Vancouver canceled their their fireworks. So everybody was sort of pouring into uh, uh, to Portland as we, uh, you know, everybody's trying to uh, to do more with less and so forth. But in Seattle, they did the same thing because there's typically two fireworks displays that go on in Seattle. There's one, um, so they, they sort of bracket the, the the town with it. There's uh, the one at the at each end of town, and they only they canceled one of them, and the only one they had was the one that took place right down on the water. I forget exactly where the other one is, uh, but they got rid of one of their fireworks I think that one was displays. Like Queen Anne. That one, I think, is the one they got rid of. Yeah. There's one that happens on Lake something or other. I want to say Lake Erie, but that's wrong. Lake something starts with an E? Seattle? Somewhere? Anybody? Anyone? No, I'm not familiar so, with Seattle yeah. bodies of water. There was that There was that <laughs> one, and that we could actually see that one from a hotel. So I know that one happened, but uh, we took a cab at one point, and the cab driver was telling us it was the same thing. that There was just like the city. We don't have any money. We have to cut back. Lake Washington. I don't think it was Lake Washington. It was something. I started with a, started with a vowel of some kind. Anyway, so it's not, but it's not just Vancouver. I mean, it's it's Seattle. Where hey, here's a question. So, I have I hallucinated this whole thing that Boeing is leaving Seattle. No, I, that is true. So the, the many jobs are is, leaving, but that must be happening in stages, right? Over, I, over I would assume so. Multiple yes. years, because at one point we drove by a Boeing factory that was clearly still open and, and operating and running. And Lauren and I had this whole discussion about whether or not Boeing is actually leaving or if that's a thing that I just sort of thought was happening. If no, I was, that is true. If I was confusing it with the Sonics or something. They go to St. Louis. All right. But it must be happening in, in waves over several so. years. All right. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll get uh, caught up around the corner. A uh, Washington kindergarten teacher who sent a five-year-old student home with a bag of feces tucked in his backpack has been formally reprimanded. The West Valley School District warned teacher Sue Graham in a letter that similar behavior in the future will result in disciplinary action, including termination. The boy's father said his son arrived to open April with a plastic bag of feces and note that read, quote, This little churn was found on the floor of my room, unquote. The boy moved out of the classroom after the incident. The main letter was released in response to a public disclosure request. The district had previously said appropriate action was taken against the longtime teacher. I would um, obviously move from the area um, of the feces and um, make sure I tell the correct um, authorities about the situation. Here's the thing. When you save a soundbite like that, you don't really anticipate that it's going to be uh, useful at multiple points in the immediate future. And yet, it is. All right. Uh, straight ahead, we'll have more news coming up later on. CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer uh, joining us today from Atlanta. We'll talk about Steve McNair. We got the... Wait, am I looking at last uh, Thursday's uh, prep sheet where it says Steve Kastenbaum? Because here's the thing. We've got that update on Joey Chestnut, the hot dog eating champion. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. I'll have to do it myself. Now broadcasting everywhere. I'm a feminist, but look at my boobs. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. And good morning to you. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Tim and I are trying to get a handle on the various shootings that happened in Southeast Portland. Well, I, I don't think the Southeast Portland shooting uh, tote board has been updated. So I've got this uh, this shooting from, let's see, Southeast 160th. That's a different one. So there are three in all. Wait a minute. So this isn't the one you were talking about at the top of the show? No. This is 
the 3800 block of 122nd and Powell. And then there's another one yesterday at Southeast 92nd and Duke. Where's yours? Uh, Everyone gets a shooting at South. Sarah Dillon, do you have any shootings from Southeastern? Not that I can recall. You can have one of ours. We have more than enough. It's sort of a door prize for living in that quadrant of the city. Uh, This one uh, occurred at the 300 block of Southeast 160th Avenue. One man was shot in the hand. and That's a place I don't want to be shot. It's in the hand. Doesn't that sound uniquely painful? Mm -hmm. Another man was shot in the thigh, and a woman was shot in the arm, back, and ankle. I don't even understand oh. what's going on in this story. The arm, back, and ankle? Here's the thing. All I know is it's got the best mugshot. I'll, uh, I'll put this up at RickEmerson.com. I'm just going to hand this around the room. Sarah, look at the mugshot that accompanies this shooting. Uh, isn't that awesome? Yeah. It, picture that guy demanding that Boba Fett bring him Han Solo. Wow. Yeah. Let's see. There you go. So, there you go. That's a, uh, that's particularly a proud resident of Southeast Portland, Jim. <laughs> and All he's right. probably like only 15. That's that's the thing. He's uh, that's a, That's a whole lot of man right there. All right, so I'll get that uh, mugshot posted. All right, so I've uh, I've gone. I managed to fix the uh, I've managed to fix the situation. By fix, I mean just reprint everything from scratch. Uh, because just FYI, that backup printer that we're using, it, it, there's some sort of a paper jam where you're trying to get everything printed and then you put paper in there. It doesn't just automatically. It doesn't save anything in memory. You are obliged to uh, print everything again from scratch. Well, that's one of the first ones going back to the days of Mad Men. It really it is it, it, that is an ancient it is uh, the forgotten printer it is an ancient printer all right so i've got the shooting in southeast portland i've got this thing about uh rumor willis who's got a tiny little uh face on a huge head let's see what else i have uh, the thing about the harry potter guy getting swine flu i've got this thing about a guy getting a penis tattooed on the back of his neck do you have this thing about the 30 chimps escaping from a zoo i don't all right, I've got that. I've been too busy with this Michael Jackson stuff. <sighs> Let's see, we've got... Uh, broken printers. Mother seducing a teenager she meets at a furry party. Uh, oh, that is strange. Where is that? Geek from? watch. And then do you have this thing about the uh, guy who uh, did his own circumcision at home? Oh. Uh, no. Okay, got that right here, Tim. I'll be organizing that. It's probably from one of those kits that's available now for nineteen ninety five, not to be found in stores. <laughs> in the back of the... Turn the back of the magazine right next to the pedipause and the x-ray specs. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Ryan. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 523. It's going to cool out just a little bit today. Highs in the 70s. Well, I have another shooting in Southeast we didn't even cover before. We just found out there's another one. This happened at Southeast 92nd and Duke around uh, 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Officers found the victim at the intersection with a gunshot wound. And he refuses to cooperate. Well, be that way. Uh, The shooting remains under investigation. Meanwhile, over the weekend, the OSP chased a motorcycle zipping along I-205 at 122 miles an hour at 3 in the morning. 22-year-old Ryan Dowley of Portland has been booked on several charges. A South Seattle man was shot in the buttocks while watching the fireworks. (laughs) The gun was fired at a party next door and wasn't intended for the victim. He was just turned around the wrong way. His injuries are non-life-threatening, just embarrassing. See, I have all kinds of Michael Jackson stuff. So get ready for the mob scene. Authorities fear up to one million jackophiles will descend on Los Angeles tomorrow and wreak mayhem, even though only a tiny fraction of them will actually have tickets for the memorial at Staples Center, which are now being offered on eBay for up to $20,000. So that, that's, so this is the thing. So you, you had to go online because uh, there's so many uh, layers to this because it was just every five minutes uh, it was changing this weekend. And I have to tell you that I was actually disconnected from the news for the bulk of the weekend. I didn't do that thing of just checking my like my BlackBerry constantly. 
I sort of just made this decision that I was that I was going to be out of touch and I wasn't going to know everything that was going on every you single and me moment. Both. I like silenced my phone for like hours on end. That was the deal. So the only thing I follow was the Sarah Palin story, and that's only because uh, Laura and I were having. I guess it was Friday morning, Saturday morning. I don't know when it actually happened. It must have been Friday morning. Uh, we were just, I think we were having, we ordered breakfast or we were just having like, I don't know, we were having coffee or something. And we just flipped on uh, the TV in the uh, in the hotel. And we were watching CNN. And the Sarah Palin thing, it was everywhere. By the way, when did CNN hire a guy named, have you seen this guy who works, his name is Reynolds Wolf? No. His name is Reynolds Wolf, which sounds very much as though his name is actually Wolf Reynolds, but they decided they couldn't have two guys named Wolf. And so they made him uh, reverse it. So... He was discussing uh, the Sarah Palin thing, which I guess was Friday morning, but everything else I was sort of out of touch with. I did go to TMZ once or twice, and they said that the deal was that the family was originally going to charge 25 bucks a throw for tickets into the Jackson Memorial. But I think somebody, the cooler heads prevailed, and they pointed out that however much they might need the money, which apparently is a lot at this point, that it does look rather unseemly to be charging $25 to come in and look at a guy's corpse. So that has shades of come see Bonnie and Clyde's death car. So I guess they've gone to where the whole thing was free, but you had to go online and there was some lottery. And they had a million and a half people go online and register. And I tried to register for tickets, by the way. Let's have no illusions about that. I tried to register, but I was too late. I missed the cutoff point. Um, And I would tell you right now, if I'd won the lottery, I would would not be here now. I would be on a plane uh, headed to Los Angeles to see that. So... They had a million and a half people enter, but there's only, as you said, there's only like 15,000 slots or something in there, and everybody else is just going to have to stand outside. So I'm looking forward to the chaos. So the news was 8,750 ticket winners landed two free tickets apiece, and they could peddle the extra one, apparently. So last night, several scalpers attempted to sell codes that can be used to pick up wristbands for both tickets to the service. Many of the officers were taken down from eBay. eBay did not return calls. Who do you call it eBay? It says eBay does not return calls. The Grand uh, Wilshire Hotel in Los Angeles with 1,000 rooms, nearly 90% booked up. British Airways says there's a huge influx of reservations. Brits apparently want to come across the pond to an arena that can only accommodate 20,000 people. But I mean... but inside the Staples that I'm trying to figure out exactly what the logistics of this are like, where is his, I don't mean this sound morbid, but there's no, there's no way to avoid that at this it's juncture. A, it's mm. in downtown Los Angeles, which is a bad place to be anyway. Well, you don't want to be there for law abiding citizens. But I mean, I re- really just internally speaking, I mean, it, 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 as regards being inside the Staples Center, like, where is his corpse going to be? And I know that that just sounds like an unbelievably blunt question, but I really. I that somewhere. Uh, okay, so this is going to be. But I mean, if I'm sitting, if I, if I'm sitting, just I don't know, midway up in the stands or something, like where where is Michael Jackson's body going so to is be his body exactly? Definitely going to be there. Well, I would hope so. If I'm seriously, they, if I'm flying from Britain it, and his body's not there, I'm going to feel gypped. They should make it rise from the stage <laughs> <laughs> with sort of like a ta-da kind of. <laughs> Can you imagine, just like ladies and gentlemen, kind of like a Stonehenge thing. <sighs> The king oh, of pop, wow. and there's a huge laser overture, and then just sort of, and then it's just sort of pushed out on stage by a guy named Snuffy. <laughs> Snuffy will wait here until you're done, and Snuffy will push you back off stage. Well, to make matters worse, it says here, cops only plan down to shut down the streets tomorrow <laughs> for blocks around the Staples Center. Now, seriously, you mean there's nobody there right now? Uh, the downtown area is clear. There's nobody there at this oh moment. My God. I just can't get over Michael Jackson being lowered from the from the rafters like some sort of a ventriloquist puppet. <laughs> oh, how he danced. It, it, it's smoke and pyrotechnics. Seriously. 
Uh, well, how would I mean really? How would he look? He probably looks healthier at this point. I mean, uh, how I would, would imagine he, so? Yes. How would he differ from how he looked in life? I mean, it's not like he was really the the picture of health beforehand. Did you watch that um that 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 last rehearsal footage of him that they yes. had? I mean, I have to say that he was uh, he did seem a little bit subdued, but I mean, I guess, you know, the guy's 50 years old and allegedly strung out on Demerol or something. So it's not, not like he's, you know, they're really going to be overflowing with energy, I imagine. But um, it's 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 going to be quite something, because I think this is the first time. Did they do this with James Brown? Do they have people walk by and look at James Brown's body? I don't think so. Because well, I mean, because it was stuck at his house for a long time, but I'm trying to remember if they had some sort of a then public. By the time, then by the time it came, everybody had lost interest. Yeah, well, and because that, that's what happens. Well, because they just stashed him in his living room uh, forever because they couldn't. And now, you know, looking back, I can't remember why that happened. Why did? What was the deal with James Brown? Why was he just put in cold storage for for so long? Everyone, I think, was fighting over his body. Yeah. Is that true? Was it was yeah. it a question of like who owned the body or yeah. who his heirs were? I think so. Because he had like fifty kids or something, and then he you know a bunch of ex wives. All right. Well, it at- says a longtime wacko jacko pal Elizabeth Taylor will read the eulogy. Really? Other guests include. Please tell Whitney me Whitney Houston. Please tell me Liza Minnelli will speak. Liza Minnelli. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Aretha Franklin and Jay Z. Aretha Franklin. <laughs> I have uh, I have nothing to follow that up with except to th- except to say that this so you've got Elizabeth Taylor who's speaking you've got Liza Minnelli and will Whitney Houston just be there or is she going to talk? It Ma- doesn't say if she's going to speak. She'll uh, be bodily present. Maybe she'll sing. All right, there you go. Maybe uh, we're going to have, have have an extra casket on here just in case something happens with her. <laughs> I mean, All right, she's due next. Really, we have uh, any number of things to get through today. Coming up uh, later on, we'll talk to Cena Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer about Steve McNair. We've got Christy Turnquist, who's going to join us from the Oregonian. Jim Roop, who is in Los Angeles and who is preparing for the maelstrom that is uh, the Jackson Memorial Service. And another tomorrow. startling revelation that I'm saving for later. Excellent. More news from Tim Riley just ahead. It is the Rick Emerson, Rick Emerson Show. Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show. My humor comes from watching my parents have sex, smoke weed, my mom being naked. On Rock 101 KUFO. And good morning. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Best audience ever. I just got this Facebook message. What? What is it? 539? I got this one minute ago. This is from uh, listener Dax, who says, Hey, I just shot a guy with a bottle rocket two hours ago. Thought you'd like to know. All right. And you guessed correctly, sir. Thank you. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Tim, I haven't heard any fireworks injuries so far this morning. No, I don't think we have any, except for the guy shot in the buttocks, but that wasn't by a firework. No, that was a person with a gun. That is that is somewhat different. By the way, if you go to speaking of guns, if you go to rickemerson.com, uh, I believe it's uh, posted. Let me double check. Yes, if you go to rickemerson.com, I have posted this mugshot from one of the many many shootings that happened in uh, Southeast Portland this weekend. It really is. Uh, it's quite something. Go uh, go get yourself an eyeful, won't you? That's at uh, rickemerson.com. You can see that coming up later on. Well, people are expressing their freedom to bear arms. That's right, Tim. It's what makes this country great. Yes. It's what our forefathers fought and died for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian going to be joining us later on. Amanda Moyer from CNN Radio in uh, Atlanta. And CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop will be joining us from Los Angeles later on. We're going to be giving away tickets to see Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince uh, one week from 
today. We will be. Uh, it really is. It, it really is one of the best contests uh, ever, by the way, if only for just the, the aural aspect of it. So uh, we'll unveil that later on. And we've got a KUFO Summer of Rock three pack we're going to be giving away as well. This at the news desk is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Here at Barney, everyone, 540. It's going to cool down just a little bit today, highs in the 70s. There's a new scam out there on the Craigslist, and it's aimed directly at new renters here in Portland. Con artists using the site have been requested money transfers and personal information to rent homes. The only problem is they don't own the homes, and many of them are still occupied. One of the, one of the houses was in the West Hills at a steal for 950 bucks a month. You should have smelled a rat in the first place. But somebody decided to put down a, a deposit. And it went to a foreign country like Nigeria, one of these Nigeria rental schemes. What is, what, so it's like if you, so I would just uh, get online and say, like, I have a wonderful home in Tannisborn that I would like to sell. Yes. But it's like your place, and I say, it'll be $500. Just send that to me right here. That's correct. And people are doing it. That's good. Silly as they are. People aren't that bright, Tim. People are not that bright. Returning from vacation is a little bit difficult for residents of a West Lynn home that, well, burned down. It happened on Sunburst Terrace. It was labeled a second alarm fire as neighbors and firefighters worked together to put it out. The fire took 80 minutes to contain, but officials were able to stop it from spreading to neighboring homes. Residents of the neighborhood had told the officials people who lived in home were on vacation. What a thing to come back to. Well, while many people enjoyed Saturday's fireworks, the year's cats and dogs have felt differently. Local animal shelters report increases of pets being dropped off over the weekend. Reportedly, many of the animals escaped after loud noises created by fireworks scared them away from their yards. People people were told to keep them inside, but they never listened, and, and they're stupid. I was just going to say, jackass pet owners, who I think at this point ought to know. It was 2009. If you are not aware of the sometimes uh, contentious relationship between the pets and loud, sudden noises... Really, you ought not to. You ought to just have that thing taken away from you. I mean, let's just uh, take it away from you at the same time and take it away from the homeless bastards downtown who have their dog at the end of a piece of twine while they are asking me for cigarette money. Not going to happen, friend. So I will say this, uh, that I want to... I didn't really talk about this uh, too much on on Thursday, which I guess the day we we were gone on Friday. So, and our thanks, by the way, to Greg Nibbler who put together a, a smashing series of best of segments that apparently uh, went off without a hitch on Friday. So, uh, so thanks to Greg. Um, but so we were gone on Friday. I was here Thursday, and then I I didn't mention this on on Thursday. It was, there's a lot to get to because we have the Michael Jackson thing, and also. You know, I want to cause uh, trouble, mainly for myself. So I did not complain about the fact that really without speaking of things happening at your home without being asked. So my wife didn't really uh, run this by me ahead of time. I was just sort of told that my house was going to be inhabited by hippies uh, while we were gone. Oh, did it yeah. smell when you got home? Well, what is it, some kind of love-in? <laughs> yes, Tim. <laughs> there was going to be a bee fest happening. They were all they were, they were all going to sit around and get esty. Um, the... Uh, now it didn't smell like hippies, but it did smell like it did smell like lavender when I walked in the house uh, yesterday, and I found out it's because look, I don't know what was going on or what wasn't going on at my home while I was gone, but I I do know that, that they had purchased several bags of uh, like various spices and incense and just like left them in you know all over the house, which maybe they were just look maybe that's how hippies maybe it's what they do maybe it's uh, maybe it's just their way, but um. But I walked into the house and there was it was like you'd walked into that that, that presence of mine place on Hawthorne, mm. where it's just the smell of sandalwood is so strong it stings your eyes, and they they left like little satchels of, I don't know something or one of those things you put in a drawer with your clothes to keep them from stinking. It's I want to say I mean, it's not a satchel but it's like a sachet or something like that or a potpourri bag. Yeah. 
So that was the only real stink in the house, was there's some sort of a spice collection that they decided to put everywhere. Um, I can only assume it's to cover their hippie filth, but I don't really know. So my wife has these these friends who came up from, yes, Eugene, uh, to stay in our house on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, which I guess is better than having the house unoccupied. I mean, it is it is southeast Portland. So we sp- they must have been grateful for the indoor plumbing. <sighs> yes, that's right, Tim. I uh, th- so there was the uh, the guy, the girl, and the two kids uh, who stayed in our uh, you stayed had in children our home. stay in your house? Uh, look. It wasn't it, uh, wow. Let children stay in the house is a bit of an elastic way to put it. It's not like I was really told that it was going to be happening. I was just mm-hmm. sort of. It just sort of took place without me really. There was no, you know. Sometimes they'll say uh, you'll see like a like if something pasted up on a sign uh, somewhere like an offense. It will say period of public inquiry for the building that wishes to construct upon these premises will be held at Multnomah County Courthouse. There was no period of public inquiry for this. This was it was not a thing that, that I was invited to weigh in upon. So the hippies just came and they stayed there, and so we left Max, our dog. Uh, at home with them because he's just, because I figure he can kind of take care of himself. You know, some hippie the kids decide to uh, to screw with him. I mean, he'll uh, they'll regret that. So mm-hmm. I figure you know he's sort of a self contained unit. But then Philo, our new dog, who was just the twitchiest thing on earth, I was kind of freaked out about the idea of him being home and and around a bunch of fireworks and or gunshots. So he went to stay with our good friend Dave Zinn. Uh, oh, over the awesome. weekend, and uh, and things went very swimmingly there. So, it, because it's wrong to subject your animal to a bunch of uh, you know to a bunch of insanity, which people don't ever seem to you know recall. Here's mm. Tim Riley. So let's talk about uh, Sarah Palin. She kind of went. Now let's wait to talk about Sarah Palin. First, I want to no, talk. About, I want to know what happened. <laughs> I'm going to make you wait. Okay. I will say this. Uh, here's the thing about Sarah Palin is that. Oh, now that I talk, now I have to do it first. I will do the just the, the just the, the, the sort of broad strokes, and we'll get into the details later. Am I wrong about the fact that Sarah Palin, in her speech on would it have been on Thursday, when did this actually happen? You know, I don't know the thing that Sarah Dillon is unaware. Friday or Saturday. I do believe that in her speech, she actually. I could be wrong about this. I believe she actually used the phrase "quote the world needs more trigs," end quote. Now, I may be incorrect, but I don't believe that I am. So I'm wow. trying to find the audio of that. But, uh, all right, here's uh, Tim Riley. So let's play a little clip of this. Uh, she talks about not being a quitter or being apathetic after she decides to quit. Life is too short to compromise time and resources. And though it may be tempting and more comfortable to just kind of keep your head down and plot along and appease those who are demanding, hey, just sit down and shut up. But that's a worthless, easy path out. That, that's the quitter's way out. And I think a problem in our country today is apathy. It would be apathetic to just kind of hunker down and go with the flow. What First is she of all, talking about? She, she's crazy. She's well, and so we haven't actually revealed the, the headline here, which is that she quit her job as governor. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she yes. resigned on really? on Thursday uh-huh. or Friday. So as she's talking about how it's not the American way to quit and how that would be apathetic, and goes, she quits. She's, she's under the end. She does that as she's actually resigning from office. Really? Yeah. Now, the the thing is, she doesn't see why the Republican Party has no idea. They're not backing her at all. Well, I mean, they're backing away, if anything, from this. Well, and the weird thing is, like, what's his name? That Mark Sanford guy in South Carolina, like, that guy won't resign, and he got caught red-handed flying off to Buenos Aires to put a hump into some beauty queen down there, and yet Sarah Palin is resigning and won't clarify why, won't specify why, won't say but anything about it. she's not a quitter. No, she's not, Sarah. That would be wrong. And not, not Ameri- apathetic. Not the American way. That's so weird. Yes. So we'll get back to that a little bit. Oh, later. by the way, and Greg has confirmed she did, in fact, use the phrase, the world needs more trigs. So everybody, uh, 45-year-olds of the world, start breeding now. 
All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. So let's talk about this uh, Michael Jackson thing because we haven't in the last few minutes. How are they going to get the money? <laughs> How are they going to get the money? The country of Los Angeles with this influx of people, all the police protection, everything going on. Let's ask Councilwoman Jan Perry. Every year, the city budget is developed and a provision is made in the police department's budget to cover the overtime costs for extraordinary events. Now, they still need lots of help, and they're looking for volunteers. But the city would deeply appreciate help to offset what are the incremental costs, the non-police costs, the things I just mentioned, the sanitation, the ITA, the staging, the people who set up the K-rails. Are they asking for donations? That's what it sounds like to me. That's, 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 that sounds mm-hmm. a lot like that to me. It sounds like they're asking uh, people to kick in and cover the cost of the Jackson thing themselves. Well, huh? Yeah. So I don't know what else to say, really. I mean, I the, the thing is, I can't quite get a handle on what what I feel like the the turnout's going to be because you figure there's a million and a half people they said that went online to try to get these the tickets for the memorial. Uh, do we have like a definitive? I'm going to look it up right now because I've gotten like nine different figures about how many people the Staples Center. It says holds. more more than 1.6 million fans registered for tickets. They got the word yesterday, and whether or not they'd be lucky enough, fans had to register for free at the Staples Center website between 10 a.m. Friday and 6 p.m. Saturday. All right. So when a random drawing of only 8,750 names. Okay, and when it's configured for basketball, the Staples Center holds 19,000. When it held uh, hosts concerts and boxing matches, and I would say this is more like a concert probably, mm-hmm. it holds. 20,000 people. It says these tickets will admit 11,000 people to the Staples Center, plus 6,500 to the Nokia Theater overflow section next door. Yeah, so that's a, so that's a sort of a supplement. That's like an ancillary theater that's right, that's, that's adjacent to it. So you got to figure if they have 11,000 tickets for the Staples Center, it holds 20,000. I mean, a guy like Michael Jackson is just, you know, has loomed so large in the uh, in the pop culture landscape for so long. I mean, there's got to be, I mean, I can't even imagine the number of people who are making phone calls right now going, oh, hey, yeah. it's, hey, it's Chet. Can you put me and my five friends uh, on the guest list? This is a string pulling event. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's every, I mean, even, you know, even for our, our uh, dumb show, when we do stuff, we get people who sort of come out, people we haven't heard from in years who come out of the woodwork who want to be put on the list for something or other. So this, I can't even imagine how many guys who once worked with a guy who worked with a guy who once knew the A&R guy at, uh, you know, at Jackson's record company who all want to be put on the list for this. So if you figure that that 1.5 million figure, people asking for tickets, if that's you figure even if that's doubled, even if that's twice what it actually was, and it probably isn't, if you figure if it's because he has such a huge appeal overseas, you figure if there's 750,000 people that look for tickets, you figure if half of them are inclined to come to the States, you figure if half of those people are uh, financially able and willing to do it, and you figure if half of them actually bother to do it, that's still 80,000 people uh, who are going to be gathered outside a place that A, only holds 20, and B, is full. And then there are people flying in from all over the place, for what reason I don't know, totally unfamiliar with the makeup of Los Angeles and how close they'll actually be able to get to this. They think Los Angeles is like... A walking distance of six blocks. They're going to put them in Orange County somewhere. And nothing and they're is going to t- trying to take buses to get into town. And there is no walking distance to anything else in Los Angeles. No. It's like it's like we always say about Las Vegas, where everything looks like it's right over there, but there is no walking from here to there. Oh, it's going to be a glorious day. I can't wait. And the uh, city of Los Angeles is five hundred thirty million dollars in debt. 
Well, I'm sure this will fix everything, Tim. This is going to be the financial shot in the arm that that city needs. All right. Straight ahead, we have uh, more news coming up at 7 o'clock. We'll talk to Amanda Moyer from CNN Radio in Atlanta. We'll talk about the curious case of Steve McNair. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian and CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop on the way. Also a uh, double penis watch, monkey watch, geek watch. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Monday, July 6th. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland. Indeed, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Monday morning, uh, July 6th. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up later on the day, a uh, three-pack to KUFO's Summer of Rock. Uh, that is tickets to Crew Fest 2, tickets to Stain, Shinedown, and Chevelle at Clark County Amphitheater, and tickets to the Pedal to the Metal Tour featuring Mudvayne, Black Label Society, and Static X. Uh, tickets and all those uh, and information on all those shows available at KUFO.com. Uh, so that's coming up later on today. Also, a pair of tickets to see Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. So I'll just, I will demonstrate, uh, this is not the actual uh, segment where we're going to be giving away Harry Potter tickets, but Sarah was asking how we're going to do it. And the answer, Sarah, may surprise you. Let me. All right, I'm is, ready. Uh, all right, so. I will now demonstrate this. Please do not call. We are not giving away Harry Potter tickets at this point. I already had a pack of nerds asking if it's now. It is not now. So, Sarah, here's how we'll do it. I don't mean to overtax your uh, voice on this already strenuous Monday morning, but I figure you're a Harry Potter fan, so you can sort of... You can... I am a huge Harry Potter fan. Yeah, you and I uh, tri- finished the book within, like, days, right? That is right. Well, so, that, well, I was so afraid somebody was going to spoil the end. Well, that's the thing. So, this is... so And Half-Blood Prince is... I'm saying for me, probably my favorite. I mean, me it's uh, book number six, and it's, I think it's the best of the series, at least in, term, in my estimation. I had thought it was Order of the Phoenix. Um, and actually, you know, here's the thing. I didn't really care for, uh, watch it, I didn't care for the uh, the Chamber of Secrets, the second one. But other than Chamber of Secrets, I found I felt like every the book in the series got was better than the one before. Mm-hmm. They were all in terms of increasing quality. And Prisoner of Azkaban, I thought was was fantastic. Order of the Phoenix was great. Half Wait, Blood Prince, Prince was great. The one with the um, moat and yes, the... Uh, oh, and I where he's That's... with Dumbledore and they're in the little this canoe. This is the one thing. I have been waiting for. Well, because you wonder how they did it. Uh, how they're going to keeping do it, it PG thirteen, right? Seriously, that's going to be messed up. Because there's there's whole sequences that are very disturbing. It's a really so. dark book. All right, so. Uh, Here's how we will be giving away the Harry Potter tickets uh, later on. Again, this is just a dry run. All right, so uh, Sarah, l- yes. let's see if I can um, see if I can. I don't have the the opening music here, but what I would do is I would bring you on, and I would say, Sarah, of the four houses uh, of Hogwarts, which are Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, and Slytherin. If the sorting hat were to be put on you, Sarah Dillon... <laughs> this uh, is the dorkiest contest already. <laughs> yes, it is. Into which house do you believe you would be placed by said sorting hat? Um, ideally, there will be a sort of exciting Harry Potter music underneath that. And by ideally, I mean later on after I remember to put it in the system. Way to go. Um, I don't know. Either Ravenclaw or Gryffindor. All right. And so then the sorting hat would speak. What? Yar! Hmm. Well, all right. Pufflepuff! See, and then you lose. Oh, that's spine tingling. <laughs> is that you? I'm not going to reveal who that is. <laughs> okay. That's uh, the identity that of the sorting hat will done. not be revealed to the public. <laughs> it, was, it was Don, it was Don <laughs> LaFontaine. 
All right. So can you tell uh, who it's going to be before, or is uh, it just a random rotator? It, the odds are the odds are one and four. Okay. Uh, I will put it that way. It is it is random. Uh, the odds are one and four uh, that the uh, person will pick the correct house. Wait, I want to play so, one more time. Now you, you can't. No, okay. you, you can't be just going until you win. You've got to do it the way the <laughs> I audience. I hear the voice one more time. Try to figure out who it is. You'll hear it later on when we give away those <laughs> Harry Potter tickets, Sarah Dillon. Oh, okay. all right. Let's uh, pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Hello again, 6.06, Monday morning. It's going to be a little bit cooler today. Highs only in the 70s. That is good news. The drive-by shooting that wounded three people in Portland Saturday on Southeast 160th Avenue was the result of a $10 marijuana deal gone bad. One of the victims had been given money to a man who was supposed to provide him with marijuana. When the man didn't provide the drug or return the $10, the victim got angry and threatened to hurt him or his drug supplier. Instead, a suspected drug supplier later shot the man as he was walking with two friends. <laughs> this incident occurred in the 300 block of Southeast 160th Avenue. One man was shot in the hand, another man was shot in the thigh, and a woman was shot in the arm, back, and ankle. Now, this is 160th and what? Uh, let's see. This is the 300 block of Southeast 160th. Well, that's, well, what is, Sarah, what does that mean? Is it a 300 block of 160th? That's Southeast. three blocks off of Burnside. Does that mean right off Burnside? Yeah. Yes. All right. So this, is this the, uh, by the way, is this the story that it, that it has the accompanying mugshot? Yeah. The guy's all neck with glasses. <laughs> it's like a, a neck with glasses. It's just like a thumb. He's charged with shooting people. Um, if, if you go to. This guy's only 28 years old. <laughs> The human sphere oh, really? has been charged with... I mean, his neck is going to be stretched down to his feet by the time he hits 35. Oh, that's sad. And is he the alleged shooter? Uh, let's see here. This guy who's, uh, who's, who's picture yes, company, the alleged shooter. All right, so uh, this guy, you know, it's quite possible that he's innocent of something or other. I'm sure. You go to uh, rickemerson.com, by the way, you can uh, see his, uh, what I'm presuming is his mugshot, which is uh, which is quite splendid. It really, it really is something to gaze upon. Here's, I like the idea, though, that, first of all, A, shooting a guy over pot. B, that it was only over $10 worth of pot. It, like, it wasn't even over, like, it wasn't It wasn't like some weird heat thing where he had, like, you know, like some blow deal where he had a whole a brick of it that he was supposed to be, I don't know, parting out and selling. It was over $10 worth of pot. And that his aunt, and he doesn't look like a really physically fit guy. Let's just say that. It doesn't really look like he's a guy who can bring a lot of sort of pressure to bear on you. So, I mean, except in the most literal sense. Um... <laughs> So the idea that his response was to, quote, threaten the drug dealer. I'm not like the sharpest knife in the drawer, but there's a few things you don't do in this life. One of them is to jam a fork into a light socket that's been exposed. The other one is to threaten a guy who sells you drugs. That's going to end badly for you, as it did for this human load. All right. Here's God, I can't a, stop looking at his picture. It's, it's hypnotic. It is sort of hypnotic. I mean, you just sort of... You know, I want to talk to him. I need to hear what his voice sounds like. You just kind of... Don't you want to just sort of take his face and give it kind of a... Kind of with both he hands. He like extra super jiggly right down there. He uh, he kind of looks like um uh, he sort of looks like what's his name Chet in um in weird in weird science after Bill Paxton has turned into that huge the huge sort of round schmoo looking thing or uh, or sort of like one of those office stress toys that you squeeze until the eyes bulge out but it's like it's at rest right now and so he's just sort of gelatinous. That's just my opinion as a pundit. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Workers demolishing a portable classroom at Blakely Elementary School in Bainbridge Island have found six pornographic magazines, several pornographic VHS tapes, condom, and a dozen women's panties hitting in the ceiling. The Clitsop Sun, 
reports dates indicated the materials had been left there about eight years ago. No current teachers and staff are suspected of stowing these items in the ceiling. Sarah, where were you eight years ago? <laughs> I was please, trying to think if I was please, living on Ruby Island. Please tell me you were there. <laughs> No, I think I was, I was living on the island uh, 12 years ago. You know, here's look, I know that it's wrong to leave women's panties and in porno mags uh, in a ceiling that you I mean, just, you know, just put them under the couch like everybody else does. So it's wrong to do that. But I will say this. I'm fascinated by I'm fascinated by stuff that gets left behind in buildings like that. Like I remember. Let's see. This is I would have been 10 years old. So this would have been, I don't know, like in the in the late 70s, early 80s, maybe. Uh, but my dad and I were over at my grandmother's house, his mom's, and we had to go up in the in the attic to find something or other. I, I, I forget. There was something that had been stored up there, something that had been put. And it was like a Christmas tree or something. Anyway, so we had to go up in the attic at my grandmother's house. And my grandfather had not lived there for many years. They'd been busted up for quite some time. So, uh, And she didn't really get out there because she was all frail and, you know, whatever. So the attic was pretty much gone into by nobody. So I went up there with my dad. And sitting way back in the dusty corner of the attic um, was a six-pack of beer, and some of them were open and empty, and there was that thing, what, do you, what was that thing from the 60s, the church key, the thing you had to use to open the top of the beer, because there was no pull tab. It was that little, it was that pointy thing you used to make the, the triangular hole in the top of the beer so you could drink okay. it. Okay. A can opener. It was, it's not a can opener. A can opener takes the whole lid off. This, I think, was called a church key. Like it's the stabby thing, right? Yeah, it's, it's exactly, it's, yeah, it's like a metal, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a it's like a uh, looks like a piece of silverware, but it just goes down to a triangular point. But there was a six pack of beer, and two of them were empty, and the other four were just sort of sitting there, still full. I mean, they were very clearly from I don't know. I mean, a long time before they were probably twenty years old. And then you can kind of create a whole backstory in your head about why were they there and why were they never finished. So stuff that's sort of discovered lurking in a, in a building somewhere, that uh, that fascinates me. In Seattle, we found a, um, I didn't realize it at the time, but our house used to be an old ice cream factory in the in like 1912. You lived in an old ice cream factory? Mm-hmm. That sounds impossibly ruled dull. It, it was really weird. It was like this, uh, this surreal, like really strange house in Seattle and uh, behind my sister's closet. Well, A, I had a secret room behind my closet, which was crazy, but you could get in through um, into through a panel in my wall. And then my sister had like uh, like this hollow spot in her closet, and so we ended up doing um, taking all the stuff out, and there were all these old uh, ice cream containers that look like Chinese food containers and Sears Roebuck catalogs. Why were they in a hollow spot inside the wall? Why I would don't they? Know. Why have they? Why would they have been put in there? Were they incriminating in some way? Do you suppose? I, it was bizarre. There were a ton of them. You had a secret panel in your closet. Yeah, it actually had two entrances. So like there was a door in my closet that I could get into it from, and then there was um, like paneling on the sides of the wall, and I could pry open one of the. Parts Where did of the it go to? I'm into this little room behind my closet. A panic that's, room. That's creepy. Did you ever? It was pretty cool. No, the go room in where there the devil and, lives. Yeah, I would go in there and um, read and stuff in my little secret room. And so, did anybody else know about it? Yeah, no, my family knew about it, but uh, it was always going to be my hiding spot if someone came to kill us all. <laughs> well, it's good At to have you one got of it. Us. I mean, exactly. did, did you ever do that when you're? <laughs> you can lock it, not let anybody else in. Did you? That yeah, was it lockable? Was it closed no, up on the inside? No, it was pretty small. It was like about it was about the size of this area. Interesting. It was the size of a, like another small closet. Yeah. Weird. It was you ever, pretty cool. Do you ever do that? Actually, that when you're in uh, like a house, here's the thing I do. When I'm in an elevator, I compulsively look up to see if I can get out of the elevator, John McClane in Die Hard style. Every time. And that's and it's never the case, by the way. No, there's one in, in our elevator here. There's a panel in the ceiling? Mm-hmm. Does it just go to the top of the elevator? I don't know. I didn't open it. I wonder whose permission we need to, to, to <laughs> climb out of the top of the elevator. Who's in charge of elevators now? Dave's in, I would imagine. He kind of runs the whole place, doesn't he? Right, we he? should ask him. I guess All right, so. we should totally ask if I can climb through the roof of the elevator and just see, uh, and you know, and see how easy it would be. Because you'd like to know that you'd be able to, uh, you know, to evade terrorists if they were to somehow like invade the building. All right, we'll do that.
Maybe to, maybe this morning I'll try to climb up uh, through the uh, through the top of the elevator into the shaft. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, coming up at 7 o'clock, CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer from Atlanta. We'll talk about Steve McNair. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will do the uh, weekend box office wrap-up. And Jim Root from Los Angeles. Uh, plus Geek Watch and a double penis watch on the way. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. Rick Emerson. Maybe he is hot. I don't know. Maybe it's all this vampire sex that's getting to my head. I don't know. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101. KUFO. Gryffindor. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for uh, joining us today. Coming up later on, Cena Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer uh, will join us from uh, uh, Atlanta to talk about Steve McNair. We've got Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian who will do the box office recap. I tried really hard to see Ice Age uh, 3D this weekend. It just didn't come together. There's only so many hours in the day. Oh, you know what I watched this weekend? Mm. The Education of Charlie Banks. You Fred mean Durst. by no, no, no. <laughs> by director Fred Durst. By auteur <laughs> Fred Durst. Yes. I, uh, yeah, I forgot that, uh, I forgot that I even owned that. I, I put that DVD. So we interviewed Fred Durst last week as the mystery guest. Um, Fred Durst was on the show last Wednesday, and coming on the heels of the guy before him, who'd been the ideological bigotry guy, I wasn't quite sure who to expect. I mean, other than Andy Dick, which I'm always sort of assuming is lurking around the corner as the mystery guest. So last Wednesday, I pick up the phone for the mystery guest segment, and it's Fred Durst. And I had no idea that he even made a movie, much less that it was available and that I could go purchase it. I mean, who would ever think such a thing? Yes, it's true. But apparently Fred Durst had directed and released a film, and it was out on DVD that week, last week. Uh, and they sent us, I think, five copies or something as part of the interview. Yep. So the five copies arrived. I uh, took one. I looked at it. I stuck it in my bag. And up until this very moment, up until about 35 seconds ago when you mentioned it, <laughs> I forgot that I even owned it. Was it awesome? It it was pretty interesting, I have to say. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but it wasn't the greatest movie ever. But it's pretty ridiculous. I want you to see it because I want to hear what you think about it. Well, that's a, that's called managing expectations. You <laughs> That's when you under-promise and over-deliver. By the way, just on the subject of the mystery guest, I actually okay, have... And Greg and I have like the most genius idea for this week, but we don't want to be mean to you. What do you mean you don't want to be mean to me? I don't know. We have the greatest idea. But of course you want to be mean to me. That's, can I, I just, don't know. It's just like how, it's like how far can we take it? Well, here's the thing about mystery guests. Can I, I'm going to make a, a sort of preemptive uh, statement about the mystery guest segment. I actually wrote this down this morning. I was just busy getting ready for the show. And I, something, I, was, I forget why I was even thinking about Fred Durst. I mean, really, why would you? Um, I think it's because I come into the studio and somebody has taken our, fo- our photo of Fred Durst down. I think they found it unnerving. <laughs> it was a little creepy to have him staring at We me. had this picture of him doing like the double finger pistols uh, that we had on this back glass here. So it, no matter who you were, and by you I mean court, I think, uh, he was just staring. And no matter where you went in the studio, Fred Durst's eyes followed you. So somebody's taken the photo down, which is fine. So I was thinking about Fred Durst. And I was thinking back to the thought process that I had last Wednesday when I said, okay, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson show. And you handed me the piece of paper for mystery guest. And I opened it and it said, you're interviewing Fred Durst now. Last Wednesday, I had been afraid for just a moment. And then my fears were allayed. I had been afraid for just one moment that it was going to be some other guy named Fred Durst, like Fred Durst from Toledo, who has like a beet farm he wants to talk about or mm-hmm. something, where I was going to say, so, uh, Fred Durst, what's it like to be in Limp Biscuit? And the guy would go, well, I don't know. I grow cauliflower myself. 
So I would like to uh, preemptively make a ground rule here that you cannot do some sort of fake out where that it's was, just that was exactly what we were going to do. Was that you bastards? No. Was that what you were going to do? Okay, you sons let me of tell bitches? you. All right, let me tell you right now. Since we since we can't do it, and that's the ground rule. We have an author named Heather Graham booked. <laughs> what is what is Heather Graham the author write about? I don't know. She's. I, I guess it doesn't lady. matter because it it's not. Why does it matter? And she has she's angry about Heather Graham sharing her same name. So she has a website called theoriginalheathergram.com. I think Greg has uh, has some clarification. Damn it. So who is Heather Graham? That's so bizarre that's that weird. that was your plan. Because this is why I was saying, like, dude, are we going to take it too far? Yeah, that's what I just I just texted her, too. I was like, how the hell does he know? I wrote this that, down. How did this just come up? Right I wrote now? this down this morning. It says, and this I swear <sighs> to you, I have no inside knowledge. I have I was completely unaware that this was your plan. But I wrote this down. I wrote, quote, the other Fred Durst, because <laughs> that so was messed up. <laughs> for a moment until he said something about, well, we're on tour, you know, and I'm in Budapest or wherever the hell he was getting ready to like, you know, rock with Limp Biscuit. I had been so afraid that it was going to be like some guy and his claim to fame was that he had like the world's largest potato chip collection or something. Uh-huh. But his name was Fred Durst. Because that's a thing that <laughs> that's a thing that that would go so so wrong for me, so out of the gate that that's there would exactly just, what there'd be and I, no recovery. We didn't fully commit to it because we're like we need to discuss this a little bit more to see if that would actually be funny on the air or not. So we hadn't, so we had heard back from her, but we hadn't quite booked it. I right. think it would be funny, but I think that violates the spirit <laughs> of the mystery guest because there's no conceivable way that I could figure it out. That's the thing. Like I would just be playing. There's no way that I could uh, that I could bluff my way through it because I'd be bluffing something totally wrong. Well, see, at least you know how we think now. We're, we're our diabolical way that, of thinking. Well, that's so weird that, that that the same thing occurred to me. So is so. What is Heather Graham, the author? What does she write about? She writes like thriller books, and, and her website too is like the original Heather Graham. Because she's <laughs> really self conscious about it already. And uh, yeah, she writes like thriller books. I, th- I think mm. is what it is. All right. So, well. All right. Well, that would have been amusing. I'll give you that. Uh, but I think that's just, uh, yeah, that, is just, that just comes that's out of the gate no, have, in the wrong form. We have many other brainstorms yeah, and many this, other, much more evilness in us. This was just one of many options. All right. Yes. Uh, wait, uh, have we, I'm, what time is it? It's 6.30. It's 6.30. That's right, Tim. What headlines are we following on this uh, Monday morning? Why, they are vast and many. Three Asian elephants challenge three humans in a hot dog bun eating contest. Republican Congressman Peter King calls Michael Jackson a pervert, pedophile, and a lowlife. He also says the media's a disgrace. Uh, Madonna mentions Michael Jackson at a concert. So does Colin Powell. And we have a clip from a 14-year-old Michael Jackson appearing on The Dating Game. Really? Yeah. Oh, incidentally, I think we do have the audio. We'll play this later. We have Because Sarah Palin resigned uh, yeah, she did. also. There's uh, other things Mysteriously. to talk about. Mysteriously. I, I, I do have now, courtesy of uh, Greg Nibbler, the audio of Sarah Palin saying the world needs more trigs. Which is just, that's just true. All right, straight ahead, we have more from Tim Riley, your personal savior, who will be at the news desk. Uh, coming up at 7 o'clock, Amanda Moyer from CNN Radio in Los, uh, I'm sorry, in uh, Atlanta. Uh, she'll be talking about Steve McNair. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian at 7.20. And sometime before the top of the hour, uh, we will endeavor to give away a pair of tickets to see Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Stay there, we're live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. I love a man in yellow pants. Call 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, coming up at 7 o'clock. Amanda Moyer from CNN Radio in Atlanta. 
Join us to talk about Steve McNair. All right, I feel awake now. The first. Uh, Me too. First hour of the show. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying a little bit of a, a little bit of a fog haze post vacation. Uh, all it takes is smell of uh, burning electricity to uh, wake us all. <laughs> Seriously, that's the other thing. I came in here and it was like I was. Uh, that was a little unnerving. It was like I was hooked up to a to a flu or something. So in any event, I think it's cleared out. I it's distinctly unnerving when you walk into a radio studio and there's the smell of burning electricity. You know what I mean? Where there's this, like, like I know you're not going to be able to get anybody up if something does. No, and that's the thing. It's like you know, there's cords or cables or something, and then and then you just start thinking about every uh, radio station you've ever worked at that was a fire trap. Not that this place is, but I have worked at stations where oh, you I just know. knew it was a matter of time. As a matter of fact, one of the stations that I worked at in California, their claim to fame, all the salespeople have the sales kit, and the claim to fame for the station is it once burned down. Really? And it had it had pictures of the burnt down radio station to give to prospective clients saying the, the heroism of these employees put the station back on the air. And now if you'd like to sign an annual, you can be part of the KHJQ fire sale. Uh, and this is all true. Uh, a couple of things. One, hey, did you ever work uh, in the, in a market where a guy was hit by lightning, where a jock got blown off his chair because lightning hit the tower? I don't think so, no. Okay, let me just tell you, that's, an, that's a thing you hear repeated in radio all the time, that if you have your headphones on, while you are, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're on the air behind the microphone with headphones and lightning hits the tower, that it can go into the tower and then somehow back into the station and then it can knock you out unconscious. I have to say that I used to work across town from a guy that that actually happened to. Uh, and I didn't hear like third hand. It's like the, it was in the news. Like the guy uh, was the, 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 was on the air and the lightning hit the tower and it somehow fed back and it knocked him unconscious uh, for for a fair period of time. Mm. So speaking of things that happen at radio stations, um, real quickly. Uh, one of the things I did not get done in Seattle, I meant to have a, uh, not that anybody cares about this, I meant to have this ready for my Facebook page uh, this morning. I was going to get my uh, picture taken at the singles apartment. I knew it, yes. Which I completely failed to do. You know why? Because I didn't put it in my day planner, so it didn't get done. Yeah, I was going to ask you, because I was looking at my copy of singles yesterday. I heard uh, the fountain's not there anymore, though. Uh, I don't think the fountain, was the fountain actually part of it, or was it just put there for the movie? Mm, I don't know. Anyway, so I meant to get my picture taken at the uh, at the singles apartment, the Cameron Crowe film, and I didn't get that done. Hey, the, real quickly... So I, I wasn't able to f- to find out uh, for myself because uh, so I was in Seattle and I'll talk more. About, I'll talk about the Green Day show uh, later on. I went to see Green Day at Key Arena. Oh yeah! Oh, and I went to the Denver's game on Thursday too. So we get all of this stuff that happened this weekend. Uh, and Tim, I would imagine you shunned all human contact. I, I did. I went to the coast. Excellent. And, and then I came back to. Uh, to try to shake my head at the uh, the things that my white trash neighbor does. More about that later too. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, so I went to so I went up to Seattle Thursday night, and then we came back uh, last night, and uh, so forth. Oh, real quickly. So it, and we were talking about the uh, about this during the break, but it, there's so much going on with with the, you know the this buildings that are standing unoccupied, and they can't. We were talking about that plate, the Hawthorne Market that got. The people at the Hawthorne Market oh, yeah, got were... booted out so they could put in some new glass building to rent out to people, which, by the way, the it's, building is entirely vacant. It's been a year, and the only thing there still is Papa Murphy's, and that was there before. Because they can't find anybody to, to rent the building because nobody can afford it. We were talking about Fisher Plaza, mm-hmm. which is this huge glass monstrosity that they built, that Fisher uh, 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 Broadcasting built up in Seattle, which is the reason they had to fire all of us years ago when we were at KOTK, because they they had to unload their radio stations here because that building was costing them so much money. It's like, why don't we get into real State, everybody else is. I can't wait to build a giant glass building that people will fight claw and nail to rent space within. 
Not going to happen, friend. Empty. So I walked by it on uh, Friday night, the night of the Green Day show, because you walk by that to get back to where our car was. And then I sent you an email thinking, well, since you're there, you might as well go take a look. Yeah, no, and so there had been a huge fire. That was unimpressive, by the way, because the fire was inside, so you couldn't see any evidence. From the outside, the building looked totally uh, unscathed, although apparently Cobalt TV was having to broadcast from the roof. Uh, of some other building nearby, which was pretty great. That's um, random. But that building is just half empty just because the economy is so much in the toilet. But here's a good uh, benefit of that. So the hotel that Lara and I stayed at, which is, uh, this, is not a, uh, this is not a paid endorsement or a paid plug of any kind, I'm just telling you. We stayed at a place called the Hotel Deca, uh, D-E-C-A, the Deca Hotel, which is uh, it's, uh, right off University. Uh, it's right there by, by UW, and it's uh, on Brooklyn. That is a really, really great hotel, and it was dirt cheap. I mean, it was not. It was not a four star hotel because the deal. We had a specific price range, and our, we had kind of a game going on to see like how much hotel could we get for X dollars. And I think the ceiling we set um, was like, I think seventy bucks or something. It was something mm-hmm. not that much. Uh, we said seventy bucks four star hotel downtown. That was the parameter we put in. Didn't get anything like that. We said okay, seven, uh, seventy bucks three star hotel. And that's what came up. And I have to tell you, it's one of the nicest places I have ever stayed in my life. Cool. Um, the Deca Hotel, it was like, yeah, again, it was like 70 bucks. And that was on the 4th of July where they were not booked up. I mean, they had, we checked in, there were still rooms. That's was, music from the Hotel Deca. That really is that. It, that <laughs> yeah. And it, I would tell can you, just, can you, can you turn that up again? Mm-hmm. It looks like this music sounds. The 158 room Art Deco Hotel Deck is located in the heart of Seattle's University District. It's vibrant, growing. It is home to students, artists, and fans. It's convenient to public transportation. Originally opened in 1931. Sounds like a porn site. It's a stylish boutique hotel. I was doing my candy dolphin. Lily was here. That's nice. Yeah, no, it's a great place. But that is, so it had nothing to do with that particular hotel. It's just wherever you stay, uh, you're probably going to get uh, probably a lot of hotel uh, for the money because everybody is so desperate to get your cash at this point. So, All right. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, uh, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 647. It's going to cool off a little bit today. Highs in the 70s. Well, a lot of people, especially for the coup, came to the fireworks on the waterfront over the weekend. Uh, the revelers are walking amidst the cars and police officers on NATO Parkway, even the Hawthorne Bridge. By 10 o'clock, there were little spaces left, so they closed down the Blues Festival. Don't ask me how they did it, but they did it. And then there were no riots or anything, like some major city would have hooligans running around. They did it well. The cops are really good at closing off the waterfront. They did it uh, very successfully during the Big Obama appearance. They just let a few people in and out at the same time, and they manage to keep crowd control, so they're used to it. It is sort of strangely appropriate, by the way, that as people are trying to enjoy the blues, uh, the man comes and won't even let them do that. Uh, you know, yet another reason to uh, to be down so low. So fireworks didn't cause any fires here, but they had a few in uh, Washington State. A celebration near the casino near Yelm was disrupted when a malfunctioning firework landed in the trunk of a car loaded with pyrotechnics. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Nobody was hurt. You can oh, laugh all you want. Hilarious. <laughs> laugh, laugh, laugh. Yeah. And a few houses burned down, as usual, as people do in Washington State. Back here, a paddle boater is missing on the Columbia. The 48-year-old man last seen near Wells Island on the western side of Viento State Park. So getting back to uh, some of our sound here, you heard about the uh, hot dog eating contest. Joey Chestnut broke the record by eating 68 hot dogs. At the same time, three Asian elephants challenge three humans at a hot dog bun-eating contest. Three Asian elephants took on three Nathan's hot dog competitors to see which team could eat the most hot dog buns in six minutes. 
Bunny, Susie, and Minnie were the champions, eating a combined 505 buns to the humans' 143 buns. Is this a... Since when do we refer to ourselves as humans now? <laughs> and also... Hello, my humans. Well, we're trying to be politically correct. Yeah. Don't want to insult the elephants. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> and also, plus, they're elephants. Of course they won. That's retarded. That's just That is stupid. the dumbest contest ever. What do you mean they won? Yeah. They're elephants. <laughs> they're the size of a car. They, they, <laughs> they sent people down to cover it. What is this? They're not even, there's not even a handicap or something? Give it. They're elephants. <laughs> well, that's just absurd. That's a stupid... Look, I have nothing they against hot dog eating contests. thought they had a chance. They're not quitters. They should no no no. But this is there should have been. They should have had the three humans against an elephant, mm-hmm. and that still would have been, by the way, favoring the elephant. Because the elephant, I would imagine, I would imagine an elephant's mouth and stomach are more than three times as large as those of a human. So they should have had the hot dog. Somebody misread the paperwork. They they did that incorrectly. Oh, by the way, uh, Joey Chestnut, who uh, was the winner for the fourth year in a row. At Nathan's famous hot dating contest, uh, he'll be uh, here in the studio with us Thursday morning. Oh, that guy's awesome. Yeah, he is. He's really cool. Is so, he going to be eating hot dogs? No. I, I don't I, think we have that in the budget. You we? know, I was I was going to uh, we, we trade some hot dogs. Um, I was We were going to have him eat something Maybe last year. Maybe I can year, bring but, him a hot tickety dogger and make us all hot dogs. Can we get see, some elephants? See, that's my thing. It's like instead of like making him, hey, eat a whole bunch of saltines, it's, don't you think we should just have him prepare a hot dog for us? That'd be much more interesting. Oh, I'd love a hot dog. Have him eat a hot dog for, for leisure as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, you know, for a living. Dog. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, so now back to the Michael Jackson story. Uh, Republican Congressman Peter King calls Michael Jackson a pervert, a pedophile, and a lowlife. The last, I don't know how long now, this lowlife, Michael Jackson, his name, his face, his picture, is all over the newspapers, television, radio. So we hear about is Michael Jackson. And let's knock out the psychobabble. This guy was a pervert. He was a child molester. Uh, he was a pedophile. And to be giving this much coverage to him day in and day out, what does it say about us as our country? Well, indeed. Uh, straight ahead. Sarah's my computer up. Yeah. All right. Uh, straight ahead, we'll have the context for this soundbite. The world needs more trigs. Uh, and uh, we'll also talk to Amanda Moyer from CNN Radio Atlanta about uh, the strange case of Steve McNair. So they're stopping just short of saying that's a murder or suicide. Still uh, a whole ball of bad, I would imagine. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Monday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO. Good morning to you. It is the Rick Emerson radio program live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. We were just talking about, is it pronounced Kalama? Kalama? I've always called it Kalama. Kalama. K-A-L-A-M-A. Yeah, you think it's Kalama, weird looking Kalama. now when you could have seen when you could see the power plant as well as that weird little town. It was the freakiest it was place. Uh, and I kept wanting to say Kalama, I guess because of Kalamath Falls. Uh, but Maybe so, it is Kalama. That sounds right. Laura and I were going to, we went to Seattle Thursday night, and so we stopped in at Kalama, which uh, is a town that I I think I've seen, you know, you've seen it written down, I've seen the sign or whatever, but I've never stopped in there, you know, my whole life. And this was the strangest place. It was like it was caught in some weird I don't know. It was like under some dome, like a Star Trek city, where it was like still 1952. It's it really, it's quite like, um, it's quite unlike anything I've ever seen. You you have to go there if you get a chance. Wow. All right. Now, I had to leave my house over the weekend because they were painting it. So yeah. I, I would would have been hermetically sealed inside the entire weekend. And then hermetically sealed in a casket after yes. that. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Atlanta, CNN Radio correspondent, Amanda Moyer. Hello, Amanda Moyer. How was your holiday weekend? 
Good morning. It was pretty good. How was yours? It was uh, fantabulous. I spent it in... Uh, I, so, Tim uh, avoided human contact to the best of his ability, the Oregon coast. Uh, Sarah uh, went... You were on... You went to the... Uh, you were on the field with the Timbers this weekend, Dude, weren't you? It was the coolest thing ever. The uh, For uh, for Portland soccer. Yes. Uh, so, we'll talk about that. I went to Seattle to see uh, Green Day. So, it was a good weekend all the way around. Um, uh, not so good for uh, Steve McNair. So let me ask you this. There's this phrase where they say just short of calling it a, a murder-suicide. But So this is uh, former NFL quarterback Steve McNair, and they find him in a home with girlfriend, wife, mistress, none of the above? Well, they're saying that it's a girlfriend. It's a, but he, Well, I guess actually it's a mistress because he is married. He's married. He has four children, yet uh, police say he's been in a dating relationship with this uh, 20-year-old woman, and uh, that was the uh, condo in downtown Nashville It was um, that they were registered to. Now, when they, the phrase, they stop short of calling it a murder-homicide, is intriguing, because that indicates, it's just my read on it, that that it seems like it might be the case, but there, in other words, that that might be the supposition, but there is insufficient evidence to support that at the moment? Or, or, or does that mean that it, it, it could be anything? Well, it seems like it is... It is a murder-suicide uh, just because one piece of evidence is that the uh, the weapon was found underneath of the woman's body. She had one shot to the head. Now, McNair, he was shot twice in the head and twice in the chest. He was, he was seated on the sofa. She was on the floor with one shot to the head. So that is why um, they're saying stop short of saying that it was a murder-suicide. It appears like it, but they don't have all the evidence to definitely say that and they say that ruling probably will take a couple of days and is it, he doesn't have i mean he has a pretty uh, uh, a pretty good background in terms of things. in other words he doesn't there's no reason to uh, to believe that he would have gotten himself uh, mixed up in in something like this like this seems to come out of the blue that's right it seems like it has come out of the blue uh neighbors say they were shocked uh, witnesses uh had seen him out uh Prior to this, uh, you know, he was out at a bar, hanging out with friends. Just no one seemed like it, that he this would have happened to him. Um, you know, he friends have said very positive things about him. He's not somebody who's gotten in trouble with the law. However, um, as I said before, he he is married, yet he has a Cadillac Escalade, which was registered to both him and this girlfriend. And two days before the shooting. Uh, she actually got into a. She was charged with driving under the influence, and apparently McNair was in the car at the time of that arrest. Well, that ex- okay. So that that explains why when I was seeing the news stories, there was a file photo on him from the NFL, but there was a booking photo of this woman. That, and I was kind of wondering why she would have a booking photo. So that that does explain that. Right. And that's right. the only thing that we've that you know really stands out as far as any criminal activity surrounding him. All right. And to the best of our knowledge, there's, so the evidence is largely that the gun is sort of underneath it. They haven't found, as far as you know, any sort of a note or any sort of uh, any other evidence that would indicate that that happened or why. No, they haven't found any evidence. They don't have a motive. There were no signs of forced entry. Apparently, McNair's friend discovered the bodies. But uh, right now, they're just investigating. They're going to be interviewing witnesses and people who are out at those two bars that uh, McNair was at prior to the shootings. Um, apparently, he, neighbors say he got home around 1.30 in the morning on Saturday. Um, she was already there because the Escalade was already parked. So they believe she was already at the home. He came in around 1.30, and then he was uh, found dead uh, about mm. one thirty the next afternoon. All right. CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. Thank you, Amanda. You have a, a great day. Thank you. You All too. Right, there you go. That's Amanda Moyer, ladies and gentlemen.
No, and Robert McNamara just died. Robert McNamara? Yeah. Really? A lot of people don't know. He, he was the uh, defense secretary Sec- under, under Ken- Kennedy. Kennedy. Not one of the most uh, well-regarded Americans. No, he's no. He has a, he has a bit of a checkered uh, record with most folks. So wow. he was 90-something. Boy, this is just, you know, I was talking People to... People getting older and older. See, the, this is the thing, as I was talking to, um, uh, and by talking to, I mean uh, engaging in electronic uh, correspondence with... Isn't it weird that you don't draw that distinction anymore when you say talking to somebody? I know I sound like Andy Rooney at the moment, but it's, I find myself doing that a lot. Well, so I was talking to so-and-so, and what that means is, like, I had read a Twitter feed by so... And often the other person doesn't even know who I am. Like, there'll be sort of a, like, I'll read somebody's Twitter feed. They don't even know. They have no idea who I am, but we've never met. They live in another state. But I'll read their Twitter feed, and then I'll say, well, I was speaking with uh, so-and-so. I was speaking with, uh, you know, douche guy 75 and he had this to say. Um, but uh, Courtney Hameister, who is one of the writers for Livewire uh, Radio, was talking about this, that the sort of deal with celebrities dying all the time is that as we lower the bar for what constitutes a celebrity, well, of course there's going to be more celebrities dying because everyone is now a celebrity. That's a very good point. I never really thought of that because I had sort of said, celebrities are dropping left and right. And she said, well, you know, if John and Kate and their eight kids are now all celebrities, well, that's 10 more people whose deaths will be news. It wouldn't have been news, uh, you know, 20 years ago. And the older they get, the fewer contemporaries who are around to comment on them, they could have been more than... Three celebrities talking about Ed McMahon when he died because there is nobody left from that generation, really, who worked with him. That's true. So it was just, I mean, he really was the last of, maybe not the last of that. I mean, it really is Rickles. Rick, yeah. One of Rickles is at home with a, with a, with a Sharpie, just going, just crossing another guy off the wall. Dead! All right. Well, we were lucky enough to see him. That's uh, we really were, and you know what? That is one of the that is one of the true uh, uh, that is one of the true joys of my life, actually. Uh, that I can look at that photo of us standing with uh, with with Don Rickles. All right. I'm sorry. It's Kalama. Kalama. That's how it's pronounced. A small town. It's called Kalama. All right. Uh, straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley. Uh, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will join us, and we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Don't call yet. The world needs more trigs. The Rick Emerson Show continues next, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. Call 503-228-4101. Watch me go loop up Academy Award-nominated actor John Turturro. Oh, yeah. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Well, okay, then. Good morning to you. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. I'm not lubing up anything. That's only theoretically. In actuality, I'm, I'm, I'm not. pretty excited about it. Well, John Turturro's not here. If he was here, then it'd be a whole different story. Uh, at this juncture, ladies and gentle folk, uh, we are going to take caller 10 at 503-228-4101 for your shot at a pair of tickets to see Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. That is the KUFO premiere of the new Harry Potter film, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, happening next Monday, July 13th. It's uh, Caller 10 at 503-228-4101. If you are Caller 10, uh, what we'll do is uh, we will uh, speak with you on the air. You will select one of the four Hogwarts uh, houses. Uh, Those are Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, and Slytherin. You will select a house into which you believe the sorting hat will sort you. Oh if your God. guess and the uh, sorting hats, uh, uh, you know, if the sorting hat sorts you into the right house, in other words, if you match what the sorting hat says, you win tickets. If not, then uh, then you win nothing but shame and sadness. That sounds quite challenging. Yes, it is, Tim. 
It's uh, it is uh, it's not for the faint of heart. It's 503-228-4101. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Monday morning. Michael Jackson will be buried without something. We'll find out what that something is. And the family has revealed its private L.A. ceremony, which is coming up. And Republicans weigh in on Sarah Palin's, well, her resignation, her quitting, her presidential running. We don't know yet. The world needs more Triggs. We'll have the uh, context for that uh, here in just a bit. So, Sarah, you were completely uh, out of the loop on the Sarah Palin No, thing. I haven't. Uh, I stayed away from the internets all weekend long. Did we find, was it Thursday or Friday? Then did we figure out when that happened? I don't remember what it all kind of was. blends together. I think it, but, she sounds completely crazy. That was on Friday. So let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson show from the Oregonian, our good friend, pop culture writer, Christy Turnquist. Hello. Hello. It was morning. Friday, you're saying? It was Friday. It was Friday afternoon. And it's just, but it just, I, I can't remember. It was like four days altogether of nothing. Well, it's sort of considered the traditional sort of news dump when you announce something that you really don't want a lot of attention focused on. You do it at t- sort of toward the end of the day. On Friday, and if it's a holiday weekend, it's even more sort of low profile. Ask everybody books a Sunday talk show guests. So she and was, the topics are determined. And is that because she was trying to like to kind of skedaddle out of office without anybody figuring out? Because she's gone, and it's all it's effective almost immediately. It's like yeah, the twenty sixth is her last day, which is really bizarre. Is, is she a first term governor? Yes. So actually not finishing out her first term, which is, you know, to be fair, it's not like Barack Obama, you know, finished out his term. So I mean, I'm just saying though, it it is sort of. I mean, that's because that's because he was going to become president. I I don't really know. She hasn't given any sort of justification for Not it, right? Really. And it was I mean, once I heard about it, I was I I was just fascinated. So I started, you know, watching cable news endlessly. And because that's because that's the way to find out the hard information. I know that's the way to get nothing but facts. <laughs> but I mean, even they were all flummoxed because you know the regular people were all off for the holidays, so they had all the substitute anchors, except for Anderson Cooper, who was there. But like Anderson Fox, Cooper, Fox News Channel didn't have any of their regular people. They had some blonde lady. Anderson Cooper, really? Fox had a blonde lady. I'm, That's I'm, crazy. I'm stunned. It one of those. It was one of those like Republican fembots who was uh, sort of churned off an assembly line somewhere with the well, shaved she, legs. Yeah. She was. Uh, she was an anchor. Although I did see Ann Coulter. <clears throat> Speaking of blonde Republican fembots. Yeah, the, the she's sort of, she's weird, though. She's sort of like the, um, you know what Ann Coulter is? Ann Coulter is like the T-800 uh, Terminator, you know, where it's like, you know, you can kind of tell they're not really human. It's, uh, they're you know, there are later versions of Ann Coulter that can pass, uh, you know, for, for one of us. But uh, she's, you know, you, you can see her coming a mile away. It's an Adam's apple wearing a wig. Well, that's the, well, and she looks, I mean, look, I know it's kind of, she just looks like, I'm not even going to say she looks like a transvestite, though she does. It's not even that. That's sort of it. Here's what I think of when I look at Ann Coulter. It's not so much the transsexual thing. It's that, it, it, do you ever have like a piece of celery or rhubarb or something that, you, like it's been sitting out for a while and it's gotten all woody? You know what I mean? Do you ever have a piece of celery and you go to, it's not even that it's soft. It's that it's, it's, it's got this, yeah, it's, yeah, stringy and sort of like, like if celery were to become gristly, that's kind of what it's like. It does get this sort of wooden feeling to it. I look at Ann Coulter, and I imagine she has that same texture. I imagine she's just made out of gristle and hate. I mean, just uh, very unpleasing. There's nothing soft or yielding about her at all. Um, well, in any event. Uh, so that happened. And then, and then I think if you watch the Sarah Palin thing, it's like that video where she was being interviewed about something a year or so ago, and the guy was, like, killing the turkey in the background. Oh, that yeah. was amazing. I don't remember what she was talking she, about. She was pardoning a turkey for Thanksgiving. 
Are you um, sure? It seemed to be going the other way if you looked in the background. <laughs> That's what made it really ironic. So yes. I, so she was giving this, uh, this speech on Friday. She had this press conference where she was quitting her governorship. And in the background, all you hear like, quack. Uh, uh, happening, which there is was the, waterfowl. Yeah. By the way, and speaking of quack, <laughs> so uh, if you go to a concert now, you'll see that thing up in like the jumbotron or whatever they call it, where you can text messages to the whole crowd while you're waiting for the show to start. I don't know if you if you guys have oh, been teenagers to... are those. Uh, I love you. I miss you. I've only been gone for two minutes. <laughs> yes. You just went to the snack stand to get some popcorn. Already, I miss you. I love you. <laughs> Um, well, you'd hate to be denied that. Yeah. Teenagers are the uh, are the only ones who do that. I certainly don't know anybody in this room who was doing that at the uh, at the Green Day show. Not at all. You were doing oh, that. What uh, were you doing? I was. So was Chris Paddock, by the way. And I and, and Wait, then what did you write? You were writing, professing your undying love to Laura. No, to Chris. Chris and I were sending <laughs> we were sending torrid messages. Oh, you really did that with your coworkers around? No, I. Uh, uh, That's uh, awkward. I'm I, glad I wasn't there. Uh, to be fair, I was attempting to I was attempting to pimp the station. I didn't know adults. <laughs> oh, so did you that. weren't just like Laura? I love you, baby. Oh no, no. <laughs> That's what I thought you were. That's talking what I thought about. it was. She too. would okay. dump me, and she'd be right to do <laughs> and so. She would, yeah, rightfully. And so. the thing is, here's the thing. Like right now, I'm saying, if I ever do that, and you don't dump me, baby, uh, there's something wrong with you. Uh, you will have become a different oh, person. Oh God, no, that was really awkward. No, Pat. Paddock and I were doing this like we were doing this like tag team a pimping of the stage like KUFO rocks thanks for ticks uh, and I, I got none of mine up there but uh, I think he did at one point he got like a Portland uh, deal so can you send picture messages would you yes be able you to can send one up with your face you can because there was a bus out front the Green Day bus and you could get your picture taken with it so dudes were like texting pictures of themselves standing in front of the bus but at one point somebody did text a thing that said everyone quack like a duck. And sure enough, like 10,000 people, like, wah, wah, wah. it was just like, and you realize at that point, none of us are too bright. All right. Well, in any event. So, the, so well, the Sarah Palin thing coming up. Uh, we'll talk about the box office here in a moment. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Sarah, do we have uh, the bed for this? Oh, yes, we do. All right. Let's, uh, this is, well, that's anticlimactic. <laughs> Oh, this is going swimmingly. That's great. That was the Harry Potter. That's, <laughs> that, that put me in the mood to win. <laughs> Who wants tickets? Well, that's... Uh... <laughs> you are sorted into loser house. <laughs> that's the funniest moment so far, though. Wait, it's it's showing them still on the whole no, over there. No, I... <laughs> Wait, hello. hello. Hi, hello. Are you are you there, sir or madam? Is the case maybe? Yes, I am. Oh, well, that's weird because now my because the light over here is completely out. All right, there's some weirdness with the phone. Uh, what is your name, sir? My name is Jeremiah. Hello, Jeremiah. How are you today? Uh, good. All, All right. right. Should I start the music? Yeah, go again? ahead and uh, roll the uh, music underneath. All right, uh, Jeremiah, are you a Harry Potter enthusiast? Uh, yes, I am. All right. Uh, are you excited about Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince? Yes, I am. All right. Why are you uh, talking like that? <laughs> Jeremiah, here's the deal. I am uh, going to bring the sorting hat out. You, in advance of this, uh, must pick a house. Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, or Slytherin. Uh, select the house into which you believe you will be sorted. If your uh, guess matches what the sorting hat says, you are going to win a pair of tickets to see KUFO's premiere of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Are you ready, sir? Okay. Yeah, I am. All right. What house do you believe you will be sorted into, sir? Mm, Gryffindor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's find out what the sorting hat says. Hmm. Um. Okay. Ravenclaw. No. Unfortunately, sir, you win nothing oh. but uh, but a sort of bleak, empty sensation. Uh, oh. in your soul. All right. Sad, sad. All right. Thank you for listening, my friend. 
Okay, thank you very much. There you go. That's uh, that guy, Jeremiah, who uh, fails to win tickets. I like that. Well, not everybody can win. No, that's right, Tim. Well, if everybody can win, then no one wins. Then it's a bit like a... Then that's uh, that's communism, Tim, if everybody wins. Yes. All right. Uh, speaking of film, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. <laughs> uh, where are we with the weekend box office? It was all, Because there was some sort of a... Like, it was, it was kind of neck and neck, right? It was almost a tie. Well, that's what the preliminary estimates show. But as, as history has shown, when the studios are reporting their preliminary estimates um, on... You know, the weekend, they can be uh, turned over when the final figures come out on Monday. But as of now, it was a tie between Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, and Transformers, Revenge. Uh, they both made $42.5 million, which is a lot of money. Although box office was down this weekend because it, uh, the four- Saturday was the 4th of July. So a lot of people were out setting off fireworks so is that, to see movies. So does the box office not do better on 4th of July? It's not like Christmas then, because Christmas is, I think, the biggest movie-going day of the year. I think it is. But um, since Saturday is usually the biggest movie-going day of the week, having the holiday, which, you know, the family gathers around Mine. for outdoor activities, camping, etc., barbecuing, they're not all going to the movies. But enough people did to make these two tie. And then Public Enemies, the one that's really sort of on my radar, right. um didn't do as well. It made just a little over $26 million, um, despite having Johnny Depp. Oh, I know. The weird thing about it is, is that Michael Mann's <laughs> films, uh, he, Michael Mann is one of those guys that everybody likes, and he makes great movies and great-looking films, even a bad... Michael Mann is sort of like, um, he's a bit like David Fincher in this regard, uh, where even his bad movies are great to look at. Yeah, they always have this wonderful sense of design. Um, he's not always the best storyteller. Well, that's the thing is that, and a lot of times his movies they they just don't they don't perform that well at the box office. Like even Miami Vice, which is an established brand, big yeah. stars, great look, that didn't do all that well. Yeah, it was considered a disappointment. Um, when Independence Day came out, it made fifty million dollars. Is that the, uh, over Fourth of July weekend? Okay. And that was in like, and those were in nineteen ninety six uh, uh-huh. dollars. I that think that was real. Money. I mean, that was you know that was thirteen years ago. That it was Spider Man Two made eighty eight million. Um, so it's I think everything they sort of split the difference though with yeah. Transformers and and Ice Age Three. And I will at some point see Ice Age Three because it's got John Leguizamo, who uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of that guy. So. But you know, John Leguizamo, kind of like Michael Mann. I mean, there's so much talent there, but it's rare when everything sort of comes together and the talent and then he makes vehicle. the happening. Yeah, when they all sort of come together to to re- I mean I don't think John Leguizamo has found sort of the right role yet. No, I wish well, he would. Because he is really annoys good. me in movies. Well, that's it. Well, see, that's yeah. the thing is because he's just he's such a. I mean, he really is just an amazingly gifted actor. Yeah. But he just picks crap a lot of the time. Yeah. He's on ER or was on ER. I guess ER is finally gone. Finally. Um. He was. Uh. I'm a big Moulin Rouge fan. He was great in Moulin Rouge, and then he was the best thing that John Leguizamo's ever done is him is being himself in this one man show called Freak. Uh, they did it a long time ago, which is a sort of, uh, you know, he plays a lot of different characters, but I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a one person show on, that he did on Broadway. So it's just, um, and Spike Lee made a, they did a film of it. So that's kind of the best thing he's ever done. You didn't he, like him in Romeo and Juliet? See, you and I have talked about this before that we have the big uh, split on this where I didn't care for Romeo and Juliet. I was talking about, you know, Lara's the same way. She liked Romeo and Juliet, the Bos Lerman thing, but she didn't care for Moulin Rouge, and I and I know you don't either, and yeah. I'm kind of the opposite, uh, where Romeo and Juliet didn't do a whole lot for me. John Lake was almost kind of a badass in Romeo and Juliet, I have to say, like him with those, like, shiny guns and everything. He's, a, he's kind of a badass in everything, which is why it's, it's it, which is why it's too bad, though, that most of those movies suck. Uh, he just has no sense. Did you yeah. see that thing that Michael Bay said about Megan Fox? No. So, uh, is it amazing? Yeah, we'll take a break here in a second. On the other side, we'll talk uh, a bit more about the Sarah Palin thing, and we'll talk about uh, Michael Jackson's memorial, which is happening uh, tomorrow. Now, you have some thoughts on another televised celeb events. I do. Tim will have all the news on that real quickly. So, Michael Bay said this thing about Megan Fox because she was 
talking about biting the hand that feeds you. She made some remark about how uh, she didn't care for all the CGI in, 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 in Transformers and Transformers 2, and she felt like Michael Bay. She goes, I don't really think he's making those movies the right way, which is like, you can say whatever you want about... Wow, she needs to shut up. That's the thing. It's like you can, <laughs> Maybe it should have been done on videotape. You can bust on Transformers all you want, but it's like he's, he's made billions of, you know, uh, of dollars, and also, you know, he's the director, and you're the, like the chick that he plucked out of obscurity to be in those films. Mm-hmm. And he, they asked him about it in press, and he just, they said he rolled his eyes, uh, and he just said something. Uh, he made one of those great sort of understated um, the comments where he was just being kind of a C about it, where he said, um, he said she's got a lot of growing up to do. He said I, he, she, he said she's got a lot of growing up to do, and um, I like to think that my movies in some way help otherwise obscure actors to reach an audience. <laughs> So perhaps she should reconsider some of those statements. And it was just like it was just like the most subtle beatdown in the print. It was awesome. Uh, straight ahead, more with Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Tim Riley has news coming up at eight twenty. We'll talk to uh, senior radio correspondent James Roop, who is in Los Angeles preparing for tomorrow's uh, Jackson sendoff extraordinaire, sort of Stonehenge style. The Rick Emerson Show is live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock One Hundred One KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show. Not only is a killer, he was trolling for homosexuality online. Listen online, live, or via podcast at KUFO.com. Indeed. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Monday morning, and good morning to you. Coming up at uh, 820, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Uh, in Los Angeles, well, he's—I mean, he, he's in Los Angeles all the time. He's probably at the Staples Center already. I would imagine. Because do we know if there's already a crowd sort no, of gathering? Oh, I would imagine so. All right. Do we know where he's at right I now, can't sir? Remember where he's not he at the is Staples probably Center, trapped somewhere, like a Dodger Stadium. Or... He's at Dodger Stadium. Wait, I mean, no. You know, like Dodger Stadium is where you go to pick up your wristbands today. Yeah. So that's you got the ticket. So that's where everybody is today. So those like eleven thousand tickets or something right. that they gave That's where everybody sort of. That is step going. one. Wow. Step two, step two is pandemonium. Yeah, step two is just chaos, and then it's just repeat. Go to ten. Uh, all right, uh, it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Sometime between now and the end of the show, uh, ladies and gentlemen, sometime between now and nine a.m., uh, we are going to be playing a song by uh, Motley Crue. When you hear Motley Crue, which will be sometime between now and nine o'clock. When you hear Motley Crue, be caller 10, you'll score yourself a KUFO Summer of Rock 3-pack. That is a pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2, which happens July 28th at uh, Clark County Amphitheater. Stained, Shine Down, and Chevelle, which happens August 10th at Clark County. And uh, the Pedal to the Metal Tour featuring Mudvayne Black Label Society and Static X. That is at the Washington County Fairplex. Um, and that happens on the 23rd of August. Info available on all these shows at KUFO. Dot com for KUFO Summer of Rock. But a KUFO Summer of Rock three-pack, uh, when you hear Motley Crue sometime before the end of today's show, be caller 10. And when you hear Motley Crue, you will uh, win those. We uh, might also get a uh, another uh, uh, shot at the Harry Potter tickets at some point. We're here with uh, Christy Turnquist, pop culture writer for the Oregonian. And uh, we will go to the news desk uh, with Tim Riley in just uh, one moment. We were talking about celebrity moments on television because they've got the Jackson Memorial, which is going to be happening tomorrow. Of course, right after we get off the air. Because everything good happens, everything momentous happens the instant that we turn off the mics and walk out of the room. Well, we can't be preemptive with this stuff. Well, that's right. I mean, they have to. They they knew to get out of our way, Tim. Um, but you made the point, Christy, that you that you don't even really have to watch stuff anymore because they bring it to you, right, yeah. via YouTube or whatever. Like you just have to. The, the, the television is brought to you afterward. Well, yeah, because it used to be when when you know historically significant. I mean, you can sort of define significant however you want, but, you know, things like the Charles and Diana wedding, 
it started, you know, in the middle of the night. Um, you had to sort of be there to see it. Now they would they would rebroadcast it the next day, but it would still be on TV. Um, or Princess Diana's death. I remember where I was when that happened. Um, you know, I was home. I, it was a Saturday night. I think I just had a fight with my boyfriend. Um, you know, and then after that, it was this sort of world shattering thing. Um, and I was also thinking about the, the, the OJ Simpson slow speed chase in the white Bronco. Remember that? See, that's the one that I think. Uh, I love that one the best. That yeah, was the I remember white... where I was when I saw that too. Oh man, that was just, that was the greatest, that was the greatest story. I just remember sitting there watching, like everybody's watching that on television and then even watching when nothing was happening. I remember watching and just sitting and staring at the Bronco in his driveway where it sat for like nine hours. Oh, the Bronco chase, the riots, the earthquake, the fires. It was a great time to be there. <laughs> it's a great time to be a Californian, Tim. <laughs> yes, it was. The, just the, my one, I well, my, myself immensely. One note about the OJ, uh, the, the OJ Bronco chase is this. I remember exactly where I was. I was in a radio production room and I was editing a commercial on this uh, then cutting edge digital system called Session 8, which I think eventually became Pro Tools, and just sitting there, and this guy named Trip that I worked with, uh, who looked exactly... No, not... No, no, no. The, uh, no, no, no. There's uh, many trigs in the world, uh, Tim, but always remember... The world needs more trigs. His name was Trip, though, and looked exactly like a guy named Trip would look. Mm. But I remember he, you know, the, the windows in a radio station were always soundproof, so he sort of appeared on the other side of the glass, and he kind of went, you know, and he knocked at the glass, and I looked up... And he kind of had this Dennis Pitsenbarger sort of vibe where he was like really, really over the top about everything. But he looked at me and he kind of did the finger pistol thing and he put a gun to his head and he just mouthed the word OJ and then like did the thing like he was pulling the trigger a lot. And I was like, what? and I, I immediately assumed that OJ had just offed himself. Uh, and then we just crammed into the, uh, you know, into the, 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 some room somewhere. And then by the time the verdict was announced, I was living in another state working for a different company at a different radio station. And there was somehow only one television in the entire building, which in retrospect is sort of insane. One tiny little 12-inch television. And there was like 50 people all crammed into this tiny little news booth uh, to watch the OJ uh, verdict. So, yeah. I mean, well, in any event. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 747. It's going to be a little bit cooler today. Highs only in the 70s. Sure, people get shot in Southeast around the 4th of July weekend, but nothing is ruder than being shot in the buttocks while watching the fireworks. That's what happens to you if you go to Seattle. A gun was fired from a party next door. It wasn't intended for the victim. Nevertheless, the bullet landed in his posterior. The injuries are not life-threatening, just embarrassing. And it, uh, the bullet went right across, uh, right across what, uh, Sarah? Right across his posterior. Thank you. All right. Breaking news, and this is terrifying just to think about it. Michael Jackson will be buried without his brain. Jesus, God Almighty. I did not see hold that coming. Hold on a coming. second. Really, hold on. Let me just. All right. The question is, where is Michael Jackson's brain? It's in the L.A. coroner's office. They're keeping that brain for additional tests, including one to see what drugs may have been taken. But the examination reportedly cannot begin, at least until two weeks after the death, until his brain has hardened significantly to be able to slice it open. They saved Jackson's brain. Michael Jackson's brain is now being kept in a jar. It will not be cut open for two weeks. Therefore, Michael Jackson will be buried brainless. Meanwhile, the Jackson family planned a private L.A. ceremony and this, too, will be conducted without the brain. It's going to be held at Forest Lawn Cemetery. No other details as of yet. 
It seems like there's a reference to the whiz here uh, that I <laughs> that I should be making. <laughs> Come on, that's funny, you sons of bitches. Somewhere Chris Paddock is laughing. Somewhere you know it's funny. All right, whatever. Uh, the best part is that they have to brain, wait for the brain to harden significantly. What is that about? Well, it's it's mushy. It's like say you put frozen food in a microwave oven and you try to slice it, and it's it's just mushy stuff. So you can't cut anything open while it's jello, and expect oh. to find anything. Your the brain, brain is, must be allowed uh, to harden. Your, your brain your brain isn't like a jello though, isn't it? Isn't it more of like a um, I was talking about Michael Jackson's brain. I haven't seen it firsthand, but his brain is different than most people. That's true. It's not like our Earth brains, I suppose. I was just going to say that I thought brains were the consistency of whatever. It's like flan. Like so, you need you need to let it harden so it becomes a so it becomes more like a sponge cake of of some kind. I'm sorry. This is a thoroughly revolting conversation. I I just don't know though. I have uh, the the, despite my mom's best efforts, uh, I I never uh, took her up on her offer to quote have some brains for breakfast, which she always thought was a real great you know because because she was country and all that. She thought that that was a that was something a growing boy needed, and I just resisted that every time we'd go to the uh, every time we'd go to the store. We just passed by the brain section, and I opted not to have any of that. So I don't have any firsthand experience with brains. He's being buried without his brain? Buried without a brain. <laughs> the Michael Jackson story. <laughs> not without my cortex. <laughs> Jesus. So he is being buried, though, not cremated. We don't know that yet. Because there was that whole thing they were going to... Well, they... So if he's cremated without the brain, then it'll just take less time, wouldn't it? I guess. I I, I don't really know. Well, they, they they must have been planning to cremate him, though, because they were going to have him... They were going to inter him at Neverland, and I think at Neverland... show him around, right? Well, what? no, they were going to have him on display, so yeah, I mean, they would have had to cremate well, him immediately. Well, no, but I mean, that's later. You don't cremate him and then have him on display. You put him in a shiny box. No, so that's what I'm saying, so it didn't sound like he was going to be cremated because they were going to put him on display. But didn't, the, but didn't we figure out that they can't bury him? I mean, they're not going to do it at, at, well, they, now at all, right. but they can't bury a body at Neverland. The funeral Correct. director said that it's so not zoned So maybe there's no intention that. of cremating him, and they're going to bury him in Forest Lawn. Okay, so here's a, but, okay, so the, but, but at, the, at the Staples Center... They're not going to bury him there. <laughs> it's in the center court. <laughs> He's going to be buried in the paint. Uh, the, is, so where, I mean, where is his body going to be, though? That is a good question. We don't know that. At the Staples Center. I mean, is it like... Well, it, we don't even know if it's going to be Oh, there. I don't think it's going to be there. I think they're going to have the service It's not going to be in a horse-drawn carriage. Wait a minute. They're not going to have his body there? No, I don't think they're bringing no. the body. What are you paying $25 for? What is the, what is the point of it, that? It's, it's just memory. a video. <laughs> yeah, like Diana Ross is going to be there. Like a big Liz Taylor is going to be there. Okay, I swear to I swear to God, this whole time I thought his body was going to be there. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't that put a damper on the celebration? How would they get it out? But they were going to be the, the, <laughs> turn up like the Ayatollah. They're going to be throwing it around. But they, but they were going to. But I thought, wasn't that the deal at Neverland? You'd be able to file by and look at his yeah, body. Yeah, Neverland yes. deal. But though, then I was... think they changed that plan. Oh, yeah. because now it's tacky. It was it's fine to do it at Neverland, but now it would be in poor taste. Right. So they're not going to. Do we know this? Or are you just guessing? We don't know this. We don't know anything. No, they, they just change this the, the plans every five minutes. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody if, now. If you want to go to this thing, you got to go to Dodger Stadium and get your wristband. We're so, not promising anything else. So we believe that his body will not be on display mm-hmm. at the Staples Center. That is my belief, yes. That is my belief also. But yes. we don't have any hard evidence on which to base this. No. I mean, it could we still be. We don't have any hard evidence. Years of experience. I, it, just, it just seems like <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a wild guess. I mean, it just seems like as it's As we often make. Well, why would they a, go to Forest Lawn if they're not taking his body? I mean, it's a bit of a ripoff uh, without the body, right? I mean, really, Maybe I mean, that's a big mystery. No, but, I, but if they're having a big memorial party concert and everything and his dead body is there. Now, is it a concert or is it just sort of a, hey, thanks for coming out? 
Well, Diana Ross is going to be there. Isn't Whitney Houston going to be there? Yeah, but it's not like Aren't she's going to sing. I mean, well, what else is she going to do? Give a speech? Maybe I she should invite Kathy Griffin. I sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Gallagher. Okay, so most people think the body is not going to be there. So that's what people people are not expecting a body. I was totally expecting a body. I was to understand well, before they decided that he's not going to be buried with his brain. Probably. There's no wow. brain. I'm not going. All right. I'm still back on Gallagher giving him a send off. That's how I want to go out. By the way, I want to have Gallagher dispatch my corpse in front of a crowd of my friends and loved ones. Uh, hello, Christy Turnquist. I'm sorry you have to be subjected to all this. What's coming up in the uh, Oregonian? Oh, heavens, heavens. Uh, I don't feel well after hearing all this talk about the yes. brain. They didn't deliver our Oregonian this morning. We must have not oh, paid. Oh, maybe you said something to hurt your feelings. Anyway, I am working on a story about the Lebowski Fest, which is on its way to Portland. It's it's winding its way around the country, and uh, it's going to be in Portland in mid-July. So I'm working on a story about the uh, phenomenon that is the continuing Lebowski-ness. Excellent. Christy Turnquist, reader in print in the Oregonian or online at OregonLive.com. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley. We're going to get to this, the bottom of this, uh, this brain business as well as whether or not his body is going to be at his Staples Center. I mean, I'm an American. I demand for things to be just as I want them. I demand Michael Jackson's birth. Bring me Michael Jackson's body. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. You know what this music means. All right, so I've been doing um, Max Muscle. If you want to find out about it, go to maxmuscle.com. But do you have for about three weeks now? And please excuse my voice. Just listen to the content, not the voice. I'm sorry. Every time you speak, I just keep hearing Margot Kidder in Superman, where she goes, you've got me. Who's got you? Someone just wrote me and told me I sounded like B. Arthur. <laughs> you don't sound like B. Arthur. It was amazing. <laughs> so anyway. Um, I'm it doing, was the right decision at the time. I've been doing Max Muscle for about three weeks now, and I got my first positive reinforcement this weekend. It was awesome. I was at um, a 4th of July barbecue. My friend Summer actually came up and poked me in the stomach, and she's like, what have you been doing? I'm like, yeah, that's right, bitch. I look good. Um, so I've been doing this for three weeks. It's not only the fact that I... I'm sorry that I sound so... Would you like me to do the live read as you? If you want to. All right. Hold well, here, here are my notes if you want to read it. Give me the uh, copy points here. All right. But the important thing is that I feel good even though I don't sound good, right, Brick? That's right. You know, it is... It, here, <laughs> it, well, it the voice is separate from the rest of the body. How is my voice getting worse? Looking... Looking looking good is more important than feeling good. Am I right, everybody? Absolutely. That's right. It doesn't matter yes. how you feel inside. It's how no, you look you on the outside. No, that you're counts. supposed to feel good, too, Rick Emerson. That's right. Uh, feel so a little more energized. You do feel energized. And I will say this, uh, just my personal observation, uh, since you have been um, working with Max Muscle and since they have been helping you uh-huh. uh, with this, that you do seem to have more energy. You do seem to have, and I'm not just mouthing that. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Because, I mean... I mean, you know, we've been doing this, I don't know, we've been, uh, I think in this, uh, in this, you know, slot, we've been on this schedule for, you know, several months now, but getting up at 3.30 in the morning just feels unnatural sometimes. And especially, it's not even just getting up, it's maintaining energy throughout the entire day, because, you know, if you wake up so early, you can get lethargic by like noon. And there was a time when I would see you sort of burn out by around 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning. I was shoving my face full of pasta and sun chips at like, you know, 5 a.m., which is not good for anybody. And so since you've been working with Max Muscle, Muscle, I've noticed that you do seem to have a consistent energy level that, uh, you know, it's steady throughout the day and throughout the morning, and you do seem to be, you know, you're awake. 
awake and you're engaged and you seem to be uh, more active and you know you don't seem to have that sort of crash and burn that a lot of times people get depending on you know on them, what they're eating if they're eating badly. Uh, and, oh come on, Rick, just say it. I look good. And I was going to say, and you look like you've lost weight. Now That's I see right. you every day, so it's you know it's a little more difficult for me to track. But apparently your friends have noticed as well. My friends have noticed I was poked in the stomach. If you want to find out more about it, go to maxmuscle.com. Click on the store locators. You can go and talk to somebody about uh, starting your own program, or else just go online and uh, find some of the wonderful products they have. So I'm losing my squishiness. You can too. Head to maxmuscle.com. KUFO! Pop, pop, pop! Portland! All right, then. Good morning to you. It is Monday morning live from beautiful downtown Portland. It's 503-228-4101. That is the number for this, the Rick Emerson radio program. Best text message of the morning at 52051. This one just says, Rick, the sound of your voice makes me want to kill everyone around me. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate, appreciate you taking the time to listen and text. Oh, that's amazing. All right. Thank you, because I know you are, in fact, still listening. So I'd like to say good morning. Uh, it's 52051 if you'd like to text. Uh, you can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. I, by the way, I'd like to also say a hearty good morning to everybody around that guy. You're apparently all living on borrowed time. So live while you're alive, won't you please? Live and dance. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Don't forget, at some point today before the end of the show, you will hear Motley Crue. When you hear uh, Motley Crue, be uh, caller 10 at 503-228-4101. Not now. Mm. Uh, when you hear Motley Crue played this hour, uh, be caller 10 at 503-228-4101. And you win a KUFO Summer of Rock 3-pack. That's a pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2, which is happening the 28th at Clark County Amphitheater. Uh, tickets to Stained, Shine Down, and Chevelle, which happens August 10th at Clark County. And the Pedal to the Metal uh, tour featuring Mudvayne and Black Label Society. That happens the 23rd at Washington County Fairplex. Info on all these shows available at KUFO.com. Uh, so that's at some point uh, before the end of the uh, before the end of the program. It's 503-228-4101. Tim Riley, what headlines are we tracking on this Monday morning? Well, not only is Michael Jackson being buried without a brain... Now L- LAPD is asking for help, monetary help. Would anybody like to donate to keep these cops on the street? They're like $500 million in debt so far. Uh, cops are searching for a heavy set man who attacked a Max Fair inspector after he gave him a ticket. And Madonna mentions Michael Jackson at a London concert. All right. Uh, at this juncture, before we, I'm going to ask you about your, your Timbers thing here oh, in yeah, just a yeah. moment. Awesome. Uh, at this point, we are going to take caller 10 right now for a shot at Harry Potter tickets, though. We've got a pair of t- tickets to the KUFO premiere of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, that is next Monday, uh, July 13th. A pair of tickets to Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. If you are caller 10 right now at 503 uh, 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. 4101. You'll get a shot at tickets to see the new Harry Potter uh, film, which is uh, being premiered by KUFO next Monday, ladies Ooh. and gentlemen. Uh, so you went to, what is it on Thursday? You went to the I Timbers went to the game? Expo game, yes, the, the Timbers game, and I uh, got to go down on the field with um, my friend Chris. It was so much fun. It was amazing. So I got to see all the players running around. Met a listener named Mike and his lady friend. I can't remember um, her name. But um, so the Timbers not only were like the coolest people ever, uh, so was the management. Then they also gave us uh, autographed Timbers, like soccer balls. Signed by the entire team. So now, it how was, close were you to the actual team? Oh, we were on the sidelines. Like I was leaning against, um, like the side bar thing, like watching right. them play right in front of us. It was the coolest thing ever because you know I've been a fan for years, right. and it was the thing. And so not only did we get to go down there, but the listeners got to go and sit on the bench 
next to the team. That is awesome. Which is ridiculous. It was so cool. And we had like these awesome seats and, you know, it was Thirsty Thursday. So are the so players hot in person? The players were super hot in person. Excellent. <laughs> it was the most exciting That's what inquiring ever. minds want to know. They were they were good looking fellows, I have to say. Uh, this text then, message. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to see. When did you go to Green Day? Uh, Friday night, actually. Okay. It was Friday night. Uh, this text message said, I got actually just I got a text message about Green Day because that was at, uh, at Key Arena in Seattle um, uh, just this past week. Uh, text message one says, is Steve McNair dead? Yes, sir. He is dead. He he dead long time. So uh, mm. yes, dead, dead, dead. Uh, they won't actually. They, they're going right after the line of saying murder suicide. But uh, and Amanda Moyer said that all the evidence indicates that, but they haven't really uh, revealed. They haven't said that officially yet. Yeah. Text message said Rick, the guy who played guitar at Green Day, uh, was uh, he some guy happened to the song? Was he a plant? What is the deal with that? So here's so Green Day played Friday at uh, at Key Arena, and there was this sort of unpleasantness uh, just with me. So I sort of chose. Uh, Poorly beforehand, uh, dinner wise. So, Lauren, oh God, I'm not going to give any been further like the details. Show. No, I'm not going to. This isn't like a thing where they're going to remove my brain and then don't talk about how me, brains are like on display at Memorial and Coliseum. Stomach problems, really. This cannot get gross. I'm not going to go any further. I'm just okay. going to say that I chose poorly, and so then we go to Green Day, and we had we had great seats. Uh, we were right up, at, you know, not directly in front of the stage, you know, within you know, I mean, within a stone's throw of the stage, you know, it was, uh, it was so they were they were they were pretty good, uh, pretty good seats. And it was just very loud and overwhelming and a lot of, like, you know, things blowing up and then just sort of flames shooting up. And it was all very just, I mean, it was, you know, it was great, but it was just, just a lot. And which is fine under normal circumstances. But as the evening went on, my stomach is kind of doing that. I thought you thing. said you weren't going to talk about no, it. No, no, no. I'm just making the point that oh I was not feeling all that swell. So I spent, I spent part of the night actually sort In of. In the bathroom? No, uh, but, but you know, you just when you're at a show, you get that kind of claustrophobic feeling yeah, sometimes. Like too much simulation, almost. Yeah, but there's just like too many thousands of people, and there's too much noise, and there's too much of everything. As Julianne Moore says on Boogie Nights, too many things. And so I uh, spent part of it sort of just outside, like right outside the sort of curtain before you go into the show, where you're kind of like watching. You know, you can just watching from just outside the door, or there's those screens outside. So. um but at, during Jesus of Suburbia, they actually just pulled some guy out of the crowd who, uh, you know, who's a guitar player, and they brought him up on stage to play along with Jesus of Suburbia, which mm-hmm. is uh, which was great. So there's that. Uh, I think during um, God, it was like the third well, or fourth Green song. Because isn't in, just the three players. I remember that from American Idiot. They have like a couple extra. It was like the same. Yeah, it was the same ancillary musicians. They had a keyboardist. They had a guy playing acoustic guitar and a guy playing second guitar, which I'm fine with because it allows them to more accurately recreate. I, l- let me put it this way. I'd rather have five guys behind them on instruments as a supplemental band than have a backing track. It's funny. I was watching their video for 21 Guns, and like it, it focuses on you know the main three guys, but every once in a while you'll catch a glimpse of um, the second guitar player. Right. Like, you could never really see his face, but you kind of see him in the background. Yeah, I mean, and they're, they're sort of shunted off to the side. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, but I'd rather have that, again, than have it, you know, than have to Not have them. sound accurate. Yeah, or have to have, you know, some digital recording in the background, which is what some, some guys do, you know, some bands do. Uh, so those guys all did the harmonies and whatever. And it was just, it was a really, really, really great show. So, uh, and our friend Bridget from upstairs and her husband Joe were there. And, and Paddock, Chris Paddock too, right? and his wife, uh, Tracy, they were there. So it was, uh, it was a great time, uh, except for me. So there you go. <laughs> But to answer your question, sir, no, I, it, does, it didn't seem like it was the real deal. It seemed the guy they pulled out of the uh, the crowd to play. It seemed like he he kind of knew what he was uh, doing. And then about the third or fourth song in, there was some ten year old that they saw in the front row, and they brought the ten year old kid up on stage. So not only his night just wasn't good enough. No front row tickets. No, it was just okay. It, just go ahead and come. You up could tell too. he was a little traumatized by the whole thing, though. You could tell. All right, before we break, let's do this. Let's go to uh, let's see. This is uh, caller ten. Hello, sir, madam, as the case may be. Uh, who is this? This is Aaron. Hello, Aaron. How are you today? 
I'm pretty good. Aaron, are you a uh, Harry Potter fan? Oh, yes, I am. All right, sir. We are going to give you a shot at seeing Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince next Monday, the KUFO premiere of that, the sixth Harry Potter film. All right, Aaron, here's how we play. You, sir, will select one of the four Hogwarts houses, uh, Slytherin, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, or Ravenclaw. If the sorting hat puts you into the same house you have guessed, you will win these tickets. Are you prepared, my friend? Yes, sir. Okay. What house are you selecting, Aaron? I'm going to go Gryffindor. All right. Gryffindor, ladies and gentlemen, we will now put Aaron under the sorting hat. You have selected Gryffindor. Let's see what the sorting hat says. Well, hello. Hmm. Very difficult. Slytherin! Ah, unfortunately for everyone, sir, you have failed to match the sorting hat. You will uh, You will not be winning, but you know what? You have our esteem simply for playing, my friend. All right, thank you. All right, thank you. This there contest you might be better in theory. <laughs> I, you know, it's all worth it just to hear the sorting hat speak. The sorting hat whose uh, real identity cannot be revealed at it this time. Right. The Rick Emerson <laughs> Show is live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Well, it must be time for my nitroglycerin. My bunions hurt. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, ladies and gentle people. It is Monday, July 6th. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. Preparing for tomorrow's extravaganza, uh, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Hello to you, sir. Hey, how you doing, man? I am uh, okay. Are you at uh, Dodger Stadium yeah, at the moment? At Dodger Stadium with all the people lined up to get in here and get tickets. It's, it really is kind of amazing. Uh, so it's what? It's eleven thousand people got. Uh, they got these tickets. They went online. It was like a lottery, right? Uh, Seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand. All right. So, yeah. how many people does Staples Center hold? About twenty. It's like, 20, like twenty. So the the deal. So what does they do? They go to the they go to Dodger Stadium. They get their wristband, and then then when do they start showing up at the Staples Center? Theoretically, I think they're going to be told that up there. Um, they, uh, I would imagine, very early. They're going to have to figure out a way to check IDs. Here's the weird thing about this: they're being so. I mean, we should guard the border as good as we're guarding how people are, what people are doing with these wristbands and tickets. In my opinion, if you win, if you win the lottery on these free tickets, you should be able to do with them what you want. Right. But they want IDs attached and, and uh, social security numbers or make sure the people who won the tickets are going. Why does that matter? But that's how they're doing it. And if they're going to try and check 17,500 IDs in the morning, then they're going to have to get started about midnight. To make sure that that happens, and so the uh, and the uh, the number of cops that they're going to have to have at the Staples Center tomorrow. I mean, it's just I mean they're probably already there, but I mean it must be just off the charts the security. Well, you know downtown Los Angeles where Staples Center is, they oh, yeah. have Olympic Pico to the north and south. They have Blaine Street to the east or west, and, and I mean so many there's so many block streets around that area on a Tuesday work day. A big section of downtown is being shut down now. Also, we understand 500,000 people or so are expected to try and get in that area anyway. Wow. So, yeah, thousands of police officers on overtime in a city that's $500,000, $500 million in debt, and a state that's $24 billion in debt. And I don't know how they're going to pay for all of this or who's expected to pick up the tab. And even if they take it out of the extraordinary events budget, if you will, what happens then? 
with a wildfire or an earthquake. All the money's gone. I mean, it really is ticking off a lot of people, especially a lot of people inside city council. Hey, Tim, did we have that? What was the sound bite this morning? Who was it that was asking people just to donate money to yeah, cover that? That was Perry. It was Councilwoman, uh, Council Pro, President Pro Tem and acting mayor right now because our mayor's out of town. Uh, Jan Perry, who's who she said the extraordinary events budget will take care of the police, but she's asking people to come up and pony up money for sanitation, cleanup, and all that kind of stuff. So, God Almighty. And it's just, you know, and then you, maybe you could put your logo on Jackson's casket. <laughs> See, okay. Sanitation provided by. I, and so I, I, you've got a, a busy day ahead of you, so I'll, and I'll, I'll let you get out of here in a second. But I, I just found something out that actually caught me quite by surprise. I assumed that they were just taking the Neverland ceremony and moving to the Staples Center. In other words, I thought that it was going to be sort of a, a memorial slash public viewing. But apparently, I'm hearing we're hearing that's not the case, and it's actually Jackson's uh, body. However creepy it might have been to have it on display earlier, that was that, that, that they're not going to be doing that. I guess so. It's just going to be the ceremony. Yeah, it's just that the, the family is having a private funeral service earlier in the morning at Forest Lawn in the Hollywood Hills. And then I don't know if or how or when they are expected to arrive at the memorial service because, from what I understand, the funeral starts at the same time as the memorial service. So that tells me the memorial service is going to be a couple hours long, if not several hours long. And uh, the Jacksons, at some point, will show up there. Uh, and so we're not going to have the this weird caravan of the white, uh, whatever, the, the, the white carriage going up the highway. But there's going to be some caravan of the Jacksons coming from the from from Forest Lawn to to the Staples Center. So there's going to be that traffic snarling happening, that, happening as well. That is, that is just an assumption. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going right. to work. But, um, yeah, it's it's just going to be a mess tomorrow. Wow. It's just the fact that it's happening during a work day is going to just complicate things tremendously. Mm. So do we know if he's actually going to be buried somewhere tomorrow? We don't know. No, we don't know. We I, I don't think he's going to be at the memorial service. I don't think they're going to motorcade his body. Um, and I, from what I understand, too, the Jacksons, there's a little rift within the family about how this funeral is supposed to go because, you know, Jermaine's a Muslim, the rest of the family are Jehovah's Witness. Who knows what those rules are? And they're trying to make everybody happy. So I don't even know that they have those plans finalized yet, much less details of what's going on tomorrow at the memorial service, the public memorial service. So it, it, this is um, – it's a mess. Uh, it's going to be uh, going to be quite a day for you. We understand that you're going to be uh, anchoring the coverage uh, there for CNN Radio. So, uh, oh really? Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's 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 the rumor, sir. So, well, all right. Well, have a have a fantastic day, my friend. We will catch up with you uh, tomorrow at some point if you uh, if you seem to still be around and sane. All right. <laughs> Thanks, have, man. have a good day, brother. There you go. Jim uh, Rope, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe we'll just keep Michael Jackson in, in the big vat for now. Until they decide what to do with him. I can't believe he doesn't know that. You know, there's this huge press release that says CNN Radio anchored coverage with he, Jim Rope. He hasn't answered that email yet. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, I think when the phone rings, he's sending everything right to voicemail right now. He didn't sound very happy. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Well, how did he get down there this early? Oh, Jesus, God Almighty! And we've and, and plus then we found out that Jack, we're not making this up. Uh, that Jackson will be buried without what, Tim? His brain. That's right. This just in, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Jackson to be buried without his brain. It's not too soon, is it? No, you hit the vocal too. 
What character do you play in The Wiz? It was the Scarecrow, Sarah. Is that the one with the heart? That's he has a heart. He has courage. He has a... Uh, wait, what's the other thing? What's the other thing that's not... Is it heart, courage? <laughs> Kidneys? <laughs> if I only had some marrow... Rick Emerson show is live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley on the way. He will uh, tell you what the news is and, as an added bonus, what to think about it. It is uh, 503-228-4101. We return next. It is Monday morning, July 6th, live from Portland. Stay right there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Rick Emerson Show continues next. Ladies and gentlemen, you and your groin, you you keep listening. On Rock 101, KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. So I guess I'm just looking at, at, at freaky Debbie Rowe who said she is going to be at the Staples Center tomorrow. Um, and if you on TMZ, there's some a video of her going, uh, going nuts on some paparazzi guy. She says, are you ready to have your ass kicked? Don't effing touch me. <laughs> okay. And she's a and you know she's a stout woman too. She is. Uh, I, I think she could follow through on that. She's got like she seems a, a little scrappy. No, she has like a full Samwise Gamgee uh, kind of a thing going on. All right, maybe uh, this is the discipline those children need. In uh, just well, it, it, you know, speaking of that, so I guess uh, the will puts what's her name, Catherine uh, Jackson, Michael's mother, in charge of the estate. But apparently that expires today. So there's going to be some this squabble over that, no doubt. This is going to entertain us for quite some time. I mean, it's going to be weeks and weeks and weeks. We'll be able to glean out of this. In just and people one, who like don't think that this is interesting, it's like how can you not find this see, freak show lie, interesting? Though. People who it, say that they're lying because this is never going to happen again. That's, that's, ever. That's, like enjoy it while it lasts. That's deceit when they say that. That's uh, that's just a fib. Before we go to the uh, news desk, let's uh, take a moment to speak with. Uh, is this uh, Bo? Yes, it is. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing? I am. Uh, I'm fantastic. So you were at the Green Day show on Friday. I was, and it was the coolest thing in the world. It was great. It was really, really good. And I, I uh, have always regretted that I missed the American Idiot uh, tour because I was unemployed and didn't feel like I deserved amusement. I felt like I, uh, I didn't, I didn't deserve to smile. So I stayed at home, and everybody I know went to the Memorial Coliseum to see uh, American Idiot, and I just, I just sat at home and stared blankly at a wall and was bitter about everything. So I wasn't going to miss this one, and it was really, uh, really great. What was the high point for you? You know what? Actually, the high point for me was being jealous of that 16-year-old kid going up there and rocking out. That was awesome for him. He's going to be the coolest kid in school until he's done with college. Totally. It was, uh, and that was on Jesus of Suburbia, which is not like an easy song. I mean, it's it pretty. Uh, and, no. and Billy Joe did this whole thing. He made him swear like 50 times. You swear you know how to play. You swear to God you know how to play. Because he didn't want to get up there and just have everything, uh, you know, have it just be the suck. But uh that was great, and there were some songs they played that I didn't uh, that I didn't really see coming. I mean, it was not like I, I didn't. The, the set list was a little was a little uh, unpredictable. Yeah, it was cool. This is uh, actually my first concert I ever went to, and uh, my brother uh, told me I got to go see Green Day. They put on an awesome awesome show. He said, and uh, they're like one of my favorite bands. So I'm like, well, they're here in Seattle. I can't miss it. Drove up, got off work, drove straight up there, hit the concert. Slept that night, drove straight back, went to work, kept my clothes in the car and everything, and it was it was a phenomenal. I can't wait. 
Excellent. For, uh, next one to go to. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you had a good time, my friend. Well, you could you could do far worse than to start your concert going live with Green Day. So, excellent. All right. Congratulations on a strong start. Then, thank you for listening. Yep. All right, you go. That's uh, Bo. Excellent. Thank you, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Two kids in the coop hurt in the explosion caused by a sparkler bomb. Some of these kids get the bright idea. These uh, playmates are ages 7, 13, and 10. They're going to shove two dozen sparklers into a bottle in the middle of the street. One sparkler left sticking out of the top. The kids light it. They back away. Well, not quite far enough. The glass explodes in all directions. One of the neighbors telling sheriff's deputies the shrapnel hit several houses in the explosion. And, of course, the seven-year-old has glass embedded in his neck close to the jugular vein. So he's in the hospital. Back to more uh, Michael Jackson stuff now. We have a uh, wonderful soundbite. Here he is as a 14-year-old on the dating game. It's Michael Jackson, 14-year-old boy bachelor on the dating game. Please join me in a special dating game. Welcome for a fine young man, Michael Jackson. If we go out together and a bunch of girls start following me, let's hear what you say to them to make them go away. Get away from him. He's mine, not yours. Is pick a number befitting for the future king of pop? Number one. <laughs> well, all right then. So that was so that way he was fourteen. Yes. So that would have been 72. he was he was out of the he was out of the Jackson Five by then, right? He was already because that was like he'd already done Ben, I think uh, at that point because he was pretty young when he when he sang Ben. Wow. So uh, Sarah, Sarah Sarah Palin resigned yesterday. And uh, none of the Republicans can really figure out what's going on here. They're all on the talk shows over the weekend, including Mike Huckabee, who's saying, what is going on? Nobody knows whether it's going to pay off or not. And even uh, if she did get out, primarily because of the uh, feeling of being chased, that's not going to stop if she continues in politics. The only way that stops is for her to completely exit the stage in the spotlight. I thought we were done hearing Mike Huckabee talk about anything. Yeah. I thought that was a guy I wasn't going to be subjected to anymore. They don't have anybody else left in the Republican Party to talk, really. Well, well, and the proof of that, did you say that Newt Gingrich is talking about running for president? Yeah, he's talking about things all the time. Like, somebody's serious. They can take him seriously at anything. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're... Why can't it just be Michael Reagan? I mean, why... <laughs> we can get Bob Dornan to run for something, please. <laughs> the... I mean, I had the same thought you did, like what they said, Newt Gingrich considering running for president. And I thought it was like as a goof, like maybe it's performance art or like a, like as a gag of some kind. But no, I mean, it, apparently it's uh, apparently it's serious, which is hilarious and mystifying. Um, so there's Newt Gingrich and the, who's the other guy? Oh, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Mitt Romney, who, I mean, is sort of weird and plasticky looking and seems to have no actual d- discernible personality. And is, by the way, a Massachusetts liberal. Um, but I mean, but he's the only guy that hasn't just somehow imploded over the last six months. I mean, I guess that's it, right? It's like you're just sort of the last man standing. Like if you're just sort of around long enough, you've already just sort of drops dead politically around you. Which, and I don't know what Sarah Palin's deal is. If her, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's 2009. So it seems like it's a bit early for her to be out there throwing her hat into the presidential ring. So I was having this discussion with our friend Siegfried. I'm like, well, the guy from South Carolina gets caught shuttling off to Argentina to, to, to stoop his, his mistress, but he won't quit, and yet she does. Like, what's lurking in her oh, armoire that we don't know about? I mean, that see, that's Levi exactly Johnston what I went to. Tell all book is coming out soon. Is it really? Yes, it is. He wrote a book. Oh, well, somebody wrote it for him, put his name on it. He, I don't think he can I, write a book. <laughs> 
That's I'm true. Sorry. So she's gone through all of this, like I don't think you can fill out a check. No, I. Th- there has to be something bad. That's the thing, and there's so much. I mean, there are so many allegations at this point about uh, various ethics violations. Well, and the fact that she, I mean, Sarah Palin, who is the chief law enforcement officer in that state. And by all accounts, uh, this is what has been reported, her oldest kid was the the one that got sent off to Iraq. He was a junkie. He was strung out on uh, OxyContin, I think, is is what was reported. And also that perhaps she was having an extramarital affair after, like, pushing family values. You uh, you said that, Sarah. I didn't say that. I said perhaps. You said that, and she said (laughs) this. The world needs more trigs, not fewer. All right. So so get cracking, you kids. Have babies now. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, I think we have time for a penis watch if you do this. Well, there's always time for a penis watch, Tim. Here's uh, your penis watch for Monday on this, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. Here's your double penis watch for Monday. Uh, two prisoners in McCounty Jail face new charges after they allegedly tattooed an image of a male organ on the back of another prisoner's neck. Sammy Jackson Green and Robert John Hicks were both charged <laughs> July 1st with tattooing without a license. In addition to the charges, the cell block in which they resided had its telephone, television, and radio privileges revoked for a week. Jailers discovered the tattoo when they noticed inmate Johnny Calhoun <laughs> had a fresh tattoo on the back of his neck. When they asked him about the tattoo, he told them a couple of his fellow inmates had done the work. At that point, the jailers ordered Calhoun to gather his possessions and move to another cell block for his safety. Once he settled into a different block, the jailers questioned Calhoun once again about the tattoos. He said Hickson Green had placed it on his neck. He then was asked if he knew what had been drawn on his neck. He told them he wasn't aware of what was drawn. What did he think he was getting tattooed on his neck, do you suppose? He was told the tattoo resembled a male organ with the name Lee below it. (laughs) He became highly upset and told the jailers Green and Hicks had forced him to submit to the tattooing. He said he told them that if he were to get a tattoo, he wanted them to put Sheila on his neck, which is the name of his girlfriend. Not so much a penis as Sheila. And Lee. Who's Lee? Is there a Lee in this story? Is one of the guys named Lee? I don't know. No, No, this is... Uh, Sammy Jackson Green and Robert John Hicks are the people involved here. Well, I want to know who Lee is and yeah, why he's so well regarded inside prison that his penis and name <laughs> are being tattooed on the backs of the necks of other prisoners. All right. Part two. A young man has been rushed to Lister Hospital in Hertfordshire. This is in England. Um, apparently gave himself a do-it-yourself circumcision using nail clippers. Yeah. Oh, He's been given a bed in an observation ward. This is something we would advise men never to attempt in a minute. The results can be quite horrific and long-lasting and have quite an effect on the man's sexual performance. Says this man who's at the forefront of European medicine. Using a pair of, uh, pair of nail clippers might cause excruciating pain, even if he had a few drinks beforehand, warns the medic. I mean, that's a long time that would take. Yeah, that's a lot of clipping. I mean, it's like it takes a long time just to open a tuna can, you know, where you got to go all the way around. And that's when you got a tool for the job. Well, the right tool for the right job. All right. I may be just a simple hopper still a chicken, but even I know these things. All right, there's your double uh, penis watch. my enormous penis. And my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. Bow, 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 b
There you go. There's that. Uh, before we uh, wrap all this up, let me remind you that uh, coming up this Friday, ladies and gentlemen, this Friday at 9 a.m., you'll be able to go to KUFO.com and take part in KUFO's half-off sale, uh, where you can get things for, yes, half-off, basically a one get you two, 25 get you 50, etc. For example, you're going to be able to get yourself a $50 uh, gift certificate to the Agency Ultra Sports Lounge for just $25, and the Agency, well, you've been there, Tim, and uh, we've been there. It's, uh, yes, it's, I like the food. It is uh, right by uh, PGE Park. And it's to say it's a it's a, it's a sports bar doesn't, it doesn't even really do it justice. It is it really is a pretty amazing place. Uh, you walk inside, there's televisions everywhere you look. Uh, they've got uh, sporting events not just from uh, today or, or last week. They got sporting events all the way you know last year that are archived. You can watch anything. One of the channels had TLC just for the ladies. <laughs> for the they've got this, uh, entertainment for the uh, for the gentler sex as well. Uh, plus, they've got uh, video games. They've got uh, internet access. It basically, is everything you could want in a technological sense, right there. With a lot of food as well. The food, all kinds of different uh, dishes, everything you know, all kinds of varieties there. It's right there uh, across the street from PG Park. It is the Agency Ultra Sports Lounge, and you're going to be able to buy yourself a gift certificate to the Agency this coming Friday at 9 a.m. for half off at KUFO.com. As part of that, uh, right now, we'll close things out by uh, taking caller number 10 at 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. If you are caller 10, you'll win yourself one of those $50 gift certificates before you can buy it. That is this Friday, though. You can buy them at 9 a.m. at KUFO.com. We want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondents Jim Roop and Amanda Moyer, as well as Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Dax Holt uh, from TMZ.com, Don Taylor from Cinematical, and reporting live from the Staples Center tomorrow, Jim Roop from CNN. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. The, exe- uh, the uh, uh, production assistant is Greg Nibbler. Uh, up front, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The webmistress Bridges from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds. And uh, executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up at 9, it is the Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. See you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening. It is Monday, July 6, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, see you all tomorrow. Bye. The world needs more trigs. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.